everybody, and welcome to the fifth MCU movie episode. I am Mike Elverton, and who is with me tonight? God, I forgot the look of quotes. <laughs> <laughs> the star-spangled man with a plan, Michael K. Hughes. And the arbiter of truth, justice in the American way, Bill Tucker. Wait, oh, wrong, wrong character. Wrong, <laughs> <laughs> wrong uh, paragon of American values. Oops, sorry. Oh, we'll, we'll get back into him. I got some, <laughs> no I got some notes about that. Oh, do you I, now? I had looked up things I wanted to say. But then I forgot to write them down. And when I started talking, I'm like, oh, shit, I forgot. Oh, well, yeah, it happens. Just say you can do this all day. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say that's actually what I was going to go with. I was going to go with that because I could do this all day. I keep doing this all day. But I've got three of them. I've got those two in 90 pound asthmatic. <laughs> <laughs> nice. yeah, that's a good one. All right. So as as you will, as many as you will know, because you read the title of this episode, we are going to be covering Captain America, the first Avenger. And yes, I know it's on purpose this time. And, <laughs> <laughs> uh, first, I want to talk about what because I hadn't seen this movie since Age of Ultron released. So 2015, something like that. 2016. Nothing. Oh, wow. I can't remember. Okay. <laughs> but I just, so I should say before we get too far, this came out in 2011. Yes. And this was also still distributed by Paramount Pictures, which I think stops shortly after this. I can't I remember. That. I, think nah, I just had the Wikipedia open up. I wouldn't have caught it either. I wasn't paying attention. That doesn't matter. That's neither here nor there. But the first time I seen this movie was back when Age of Ultron came out. And I, I, I remember seeing it in theaters, loving it. I remember seeing it when Age of Ultron came out, loving it. Well, actually, one thing I want to quick say, when I first saw this movie, it also kind of helped raise it in the higher plateau for me when I first saw it was, I actually had gotten somehow had gotten a buddy of mine had gotten early passes to see this movie for free at some random theater. And I saw it a week or two before it released. And somehow I used to work night shift. Somehow I wasn't working night shift that day and was able to go. And I'd never forgotten that experience. And they also had a promotional comic for DC new 52 on eat everybody's chair. It also kind of made me laugh. Huh. Here we're seeing a Marvel movie. And they're advertising DC comics, but yeah. that's interesting. Huh. That's cool. That, yeah, that was my nice. first memory. Uh, how about you, Bill? Uh, I saw this when it came out in theaters. Um, I remember it being I remember being pretty cool on it. I remember thinking it was fine, but I wasn't exceedingly over the moon about it. Um, I like it much better the second time around. I was surprised okay. how much I was enjoying myself. So, but yeah, no, just saw it in theaters. I probably second or third week back in those days. I wasn't doing the opening weekend type of thing. Yeah, yeah, basically just uh, I st I was just starting to do write reviews too, and I think my review was like a six out of ten. I could actually go back to those old reviews and look at them, but that's embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to do such a thing. No, God, no, <laughs> I don't want to read like my old stuff from ten years ago. God. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I remember, it, yeah, yeah, go ahead. No, that was it. That's all I got. Okay. Yeah, I saw Endurance too. I remember being about the same. It's like that. That sure is a Captain America origin story, and then I've probably seen it once or twice since then. But yeah, this was a this was a good time to rewatch it. I think it was it was good. <laughs> oh, I should say before we get any further in, wonderful weather we're having this morning, isn't it? <laughs> good thing I brought an umbrella. Is that how it went? Something like that. Something about an umbrella. I I saw it. I, I knew what you were referencing. But I <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm, really trying to, I'm trying to place a reference again. Yeah, I just saw this last night. So yeah. uh, I think she says. It is, but I always carry an umbrella. Just oh, that's right. Okay, now I get it. Now I'm with you. Yeah. I'm with you. When poor, when, when, when gun toting grandma, I have gun toting grandma in my notes. How could I not? It's great. Aunt May with the freaking machine gun. <laughs> yeah, she looks like Aunt May so much. Yeah. Yeah. First Spider Man movies. 
we'll get there. But um, yes, now now I'm with you. Yes, <laughs> you you need that code to listen to this show. You see, you can't. That's right. You can't play it. <laughs> All right. So start. <laughs> so I also like the way that this movie starts because it, it starts off. It, I don't think it even says what year it is. It just shows them. It shows somebody finding a plane in Antarctica or somewhere in the Arctic. Maybe not Antarctica. Somewhere in the Arctic. I can't remember which is North Pole or South Pole, but that doesn't matter. Oh, yeah, Antarctica's North Pole. So we're somewhere up there. And you just see somebody get into a plane. They cut, you know, you see them find the plane, cut a hole in the plane, jump into plane. And that's just how the movie starts. Like, it doesn't just start. I mean, you're not, you're definitely not in 1940s. You're, you, don't, you don't know where you are. And I love how the guy comes up to, like, they, they go up to the ice and they're like, you better call someone. And you just see the frozen shield in the, in the ice. And I mean, me being me, I'm like, oh, my God. But <laughs> I, I love Captain America, one of my favorite characters in Marvel. Yeah, they definitely set up pretty early that it's not 1942 with a lightsaber, lightsaber on a stick drilling into the, the hull of the ship. <laughs> oh, my God. That yeah. thing was so stupid. <laughs> my wife was like, that doesn't look good. That doesn't, that doesn't look I didn't good. even notice that, really. I wasn't paying attention, I guess. <laughs> yeah, the spinning what? lightsaber drill? Yeah, no good. <laughs> Roll of course. I, I, I love that's the way it starts, and then it jumps to the 1940s, and I think that's just such a cool way to do it. Like, they show you that, hey, they found Captain America. Nah, forget that. We'll get back to it. Here's what happened. And it's very cool. Like, I, I really liked it when it opens up in this nor- little Norway town in 1942. I want to say, and then when it has, like, the Nazis burst into, like, this little... What church would say? Well, like a monastery kind of thing. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. It, it's cool. And I want to say there was a line. No, that line. No, the line I'm thinking of was later. Okay, never mind. Uh, there's a part where they talk about digging the desert that made me laugh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because I'm just no. like, yeah. Indiana Jones. I forget. At some point when Red Skull is talking to, I want to say talking to Nazi officials, and he says, you know, like how he's looking for a cult, and they're like, something about wild. While he's digging the desert, I'm finding this. And all I could think of was looking for the Ark of the Covenant. It was all that yeah. came in my head. I think it's the scene. I think it's when he pulls the uh, the Tesseract out of the, the mural. Okay, that, that whole part was well done. Like, you have you have the actor, to, uh, Hugo Weaving? Did I yeah. say that right? Yeah. Hugo Weaving. Or Mr. Smith, as I kept calling him during this movie. Mr. Yeah. Smith, yeah. I don't know if I yeah. want to do that again like in Thor. <laughs> but, and you have, I mean, I like it that, like, you know, everything's normal. You know, he's just a Nazi. But I like how they don't ever really show any swatchkas at all in this movie. Like they hide it as best as they can, even yeah. though like you can see if you know what you're looking at, like in the hat he's wearing, you can see the little. I mean, that symbol it's in it's in the eagle that he has on the helmet. You can barely see it, but it's there. Like I, why well, know the symbol? It's a symbol of the Death Squad, but that's because I study World War Two. <laughs> so, but if you're someone that wasn't as educated about World War Two, you might not. You won't catch it, which is what they're going for, because they're trying to say, hey, they're not at the same time. They're like, yeah, we're not we're not going there. <laughs> they're Hydra. Yeah. And they really do shed the they shed the Hitler thing, too. They try as fast as possible to shed any linkage to um, Nazism or Hitler uh, oh, yeah. later on in the movie. Probably not a third in. We, yeah. But yeah, no, they, I, I didn't notice any Nazi symbolism at all. I wasn't looking for it, but you don't see a single swastika. You just see certain things that. Like you see the armband, um, one guy has the armband, but they never get to the swatch because they show you the red and they barely show you a little bit of white, but they never show you the black inside the white circle. Yeah, that that imagery is not fun in your little yeah. comic book movie. I'm sure they want to steer clear of a lot of that. I mean, they, okay make, with they make references, right? Like the Fjord and, and yeah. things of that nature. So, Well, you probably have the swatch when you have Hitler later on, the fake Hitler. He probably has the yes. swatch Okay, that was probably the only part then when you see it. 
I yeah, want to say one of those, like, the military propaganda movies has a pretty brazen flag okay. on it. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> I think everyone's so desensitized to it anymore. It's, you don't know, register. In 2011, it wasn't. They were gone in 2011. But I, I, I like because I'm, I'm big in World War Two. So I'm like, hey, you know, show it. I want to see them, you know, taking them out and burning the flags of Nazis and stuff. But that's just because I'm a World War Two guy. So that's <laughs> a little different. But I, I like the way the movie opens up. And I, I like how you have them burst into this church looking for this artifact. And he, he, they move up, they move the coffin and the guy picks up like this glass looking cube. And he just breaks. And then when he just breaks, he's like, this ain't real. Yeah. Match. I thought my fake Tesseract would fool them. And then I love the fact that in a very movie-ass movie moment, he kind of just casually looks around and goes, oh, there he is. It's hidden in the wall behind. Oh, if I just push in this snake eye. <laughs> yeah, that's, that, that bothered me a little bit. Yeah. That's, again, it's very like, you know, like that was the great master plan this monk had to hide the Tesseract behind a fake wall. You know, oh, like no one could just fuck around. Like, what if somebody knocks into it? Like, what if somebody, a little kid, just starts touching yeah. the wall because that's what a kid would do? Oh, what's this little thing here? Oh, and they blow up. Like, it it bothered me a little bit, even though it's nitpicking. But it it's matter. nitpicky. I know. It's, just, it, it's nitpicky. And, uh, yeah, it's fine. It's fine. But it was just made me laugh. I was like, oh, there it is. That, that, that wasn't hard. <laughs> I, love, I like how he's like, if you tell me, I'll spare everyone. And I don't think he still tells him or he says something. He's like, eh, shoot him. <laughs> he's like, yeah, shoot yeah. everybody. Right. Mission yeah. to fire. I want to say the Leave Extraordinary Gentleman movie starts off in a really similar fashion with like it's like somewhere in Europe and a tank is driving around gray streets. It's either that or Hellboy. I want to say has a very similar opening to this movie. I don't remember. I don't remember. I've seen both, but I don't I don't remember. <laughs> It's been a while. I've seen parts of both, but I've never seen either movie in full. It was enough to make me put it in my notes, so I figured I'd mention it. Yeah, no, that's cool. It, it Maybe somebody out there has seen both and goes, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so right. Probably very, very, I would say very for sure, because those are both movies that I want to say a lot of people have seen. And if you're listening to something like this, you probably have seen both those movies. I just never have. Not <laughs> both. I should have. We'll talk about it. Maybe someday. But... <laughs> And also, like, I love the symbolism they do in this first scene. Like, after he kills this guy um, and the blood splatters onto yeah. onto Red Skull, it, on the little Hydra symbol that he has on his on his chest is a skull with a Hydra legs, tentacles. And you can see the blood just go right just on the skull itself. And I was yeah. like, ah, that's, no, that's ah, you did it, very guys. Good. Very good. Yeah, this, this was the first time I caught that, too. Yeah. And, right. and I forgot to mention, this is only the second time I've seen this. Since I first saw it 10 years ago, oh. I never watched it again. So, um, yeah, it was it was very cool. Very nice little bit of mini foreshadowing. OK, I'm glad that you know we were able to well, this time. I do have to ask, is this a Blu-ray or a DVD? No, you know what? Amazon what? Prime has a lot of these. I, oh, well, okay. I didn't buy it again. It was a six out of ten. Come on now. I'm not buying <laughs> six out of ten. I'm not a I'm not an archivist. I'm just I buy the ones I like. <laughs> can't believe you didn't like this movie. I'm glad Amazon Prime. This is also on Disney Plus, too. Well, by the time you're listening to this, this will still be on Disney Plus because it's Disney Plus. <laughs> it kind of has something knows. out there. Hey, I only had two freezing during watching this. Only only frozen me twice where I had to back out and go back into it. So, holy <laughs> fuck Disney Plus. Oh, but, and this is when you first get introduced then to Steve Rogers. Like, when I first saw it, it is just weird how they do this, even though now I, I, I know they took a little actor and filmed him in these parts and then put Steve, Chris, Chris Evans' face on him, and it just, or Chris Evans' head, and it just looks 
weird because it's a little scrawny guy for a first part of this movie. Yeah. Real little guy. Yeah, it, it was super uncanny valley for me. I, I and again, I tried to divorce myself from how I know he looks, you know, how I know the Captain <laughs> America char- character looks. But it was really still like, oh, that's OK. Like he did a good job, but. Oh, it's it Uncanny look, Valley. That's what it is. Hey, it looks better than Blade 2 CGI, so it has that going for it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, that, yeah. Some of you those shots really... in Blade 2, not great. <laughs> if you don't know what Chris Evans looks like, or you hadn't seen anything in this movie, you just walked in, I mean, it probably wouldn't be as offsetting for you. Yeah. But, I mean, I, it didn't, it bothered me a little bit just because, you know, I know what Chris Evans looks like. I've seen all these movies now. But I'm like, okay, I buy it. Like, I, I like how you, when you're introduced to him, it's in the whole enlistment thing where he's trying to enlist. I think at this time it's the fourth time. Like, they make a comment like, where are you from now, Steve? Right, right. Yeah. Because he just keeps trying, which I think is, I mean, I think it says a lot about his character, too. I mean, that's the point of it. But I, I like how it does that. It's showing, like, he wants to fight even though the guy's an asthmatic, even though the guy is little. Like, he just... And all the people are going off to die, but that's what he wants to do. And I think that's... I like how they do that. I love how they present that to you. Asthmatic? He's got every disease on the known planet. You see that laundry <laughs> list of ailments? Yeah. like, eight things on there. And the doctors, you know, he goes, you know, the asthma... It was just the asthma alone would, would keep you out of here. I like the line that the, the doctor does say... He says, he says uh, I am I am helping you. I'm saving your life or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Can't you do something? It's like, I am saving your that's life. It. There you go. That's it. So then he okay. stamps the form and it says 4F. Do you guys know what that means by chance? My wife and I were both uh, kind of wondering it. I do not know. Nothing? <laughs> no, I, I'm trying to think of something witty to say for failure. I don't know. Yeah, well. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. No, I'm assuming bad. I mean. Yeah, well, yeah. He, he did walk away and it's an f an f is kind of the universal standard for failure so that's fair and not teasing i'm just i honestly don't know if that's a if that's an actual medical designation from the military or if that's a real thing i don't know i have but, to look it up later yeah, i'm curious yeah. i'm curious now too but I, oh another thing we forgot to i forgot to mention is when you had red skull earlier talking when he gets to cosmic cube or tesseract they do he does mention the th- uh, about odin and odin's treasure room oh you know, yeah he did. Yes. And i was like Mm-hmm. Yeah, it made me smile. That was good. I, I okay, I was right. The fewer digs for trinkets in the desert is a reference to the events of Raiders of the Lost Ark. Nice, because that's crazy. Yeah, okay. because I guess Marvel also published a comic adaptation of that classic film, so maybe they had some. But I guess it was like it was actually supposed to be a, a reference to that. Because that's all I heard when I saw it. I'm like, they're talking about the Ark. My wife just kind of looked at me like, okay, <laughs> but. Yeah, I was right. Cool. All right. That's all. I, I had I I was happy. I'm looking at Easter eggs. I was happy to know that other people put the same thing I thought. Very good. If it's if it's there, the internet found it. So there are no more surprises or secrets, my friends. There is just really. the overwhelming Google will will save everything and solve everything. Um, <laughs> I'm okay with that though. And then, and like then you have the theater. The theater was kind of cool. Like you have him there watching because I I mean this is also a historical thing. Like during the war, they would have because you didn't have TV in the 1940s, so they would play advertisements or things before a movie. Like they're like they're all going there to see a cartoon, and some guy's getting all upset because he has to watch a World War II propaganda type film beforehand Probably yeah Bond. yeah i mean it, it's again this is all character building this is all cementing steve rogers as a do-gooder who is good with a heart of gold good he is super duper good he is more gooder than good he's great and uh, <laughs> this is this is just cementing him as a uh, earnest earnest character who is uh ready, willing to stand up to anybody despite his small stature and it's just set up and set up and set up and that never changes which is my biggest problem with this character. Oh. oh. 
but but I will I will get into that. I'm trying to make my <laughs> spot to talk about that because I still like it. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just we'll, we'll get there. But yes, it's this okay is all the setup. Wrong. You know, he goes into the alleyway okay, and he tells that guy, tells the guy, "Hey, be quiet." And guy stands up and beats the snot out of him. <laughs> um, we have our first callback line, of which there are dozens in this movie. There are so many callback lines. I could do this all day. Yep. I th- so many callbacks. Which are hey, fine. Every, when I see that in the other movies later on, like when you fight, I want to say it's in spoiler alert uh, in Endgame when he does that with Thanos. I was like, oh, but yeah. <laughs> see, I'm so removed. I didn't catch that. I'll probably catch it this time around. But I'm yeah, pretty I could, sure, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure he says it to Thanos in, 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 in Endgame. But maybe I'm remember, maybe I'm putting my own memories. He definitely I'm. says it to one of the big villains in one of the other Avengers movies. I, just can't I don't think it, I don't think it's Ultron because Ultron not really his villain. Yeah, that's funny start, but we'll get to that. Oh, and I should say because I hadn't mentioned it yet, there will be spoilers for this movie, of course, because that's what we do. Okay, <laughs> yes, we're but yes, we should put it out there. We're going scene by scene. Yeah, which should, <laughs> but yeah, okay. And like, I, I I love every time he says I could do this all day. Like, I I love that for I love that phrase so much. Mm-hmm. Captain America. This is our first look at uh, at America's ass when he gets knocked out. <laughs> <laughs> and this is also when you introduce Bucky Barnes, which when I I think the actor Sebastian Shaw, I want to say that plays Bucky Barnes, it ends up becoming well, I won't go there, but plays Bucky Barnes in this yeah. movie. Yeah. And I, I I like Bucky Barnes. Like I knew who he was, right? In the com I mean, yes, it's a it they, they went away from who he is in the comics. In the comics, Bucky Barnes is a little kid who is serving who is enlisted with Rogers, even though he's like 12, 13 years old and he really shouldn't be fighting in World War II, but comic book. So I'm okay they went away from that and they made Bucky Barnes like the his sidekick, but at the same time, at least in this part, he's not really a sidekick. <laughs> he's his friend and he's bigger than him. I'm okay Less of a, a Robin to Batman kind of thing. I yeah. don't. I'm okay with that. I really don't care for Robin a huge amount, and I, <laughs> so I I'm okay with. It. Yeah, it, it's uh, for from a movie making standpoint, he's kind of your antithesis to 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 Rogers, right? He's he's bold and brash and confident and big, and he's kind of like your prototypical American soldier. You're not super soldier or anything, but you know the kind of guy you would expect to be going off into war. And you know Steve Rogers, of course, is meek and mild with a heart of gold, who who wants to do the right thing, but is not physically able. Nor will the army actually let him uh, because he's not physically able. It's so, the way that you would have presented a soldier from World War II in the 40s. Absolutely. I mean, it's the way that you would still present mm-hmm. it. Like you would, you know, because I mean, they still look at them, which they should, you know, as men of great valor, men that were, you know, manly men, that idea because, well, they fought a war. <laughs> so, right. Yeah, it was, it's an ideal and he's, uh, it works. I, you know, he, he, he works as kind of uh, this counterpoint to, to Steve. We get to learn a lot more about Steve, how he kind of you'll see the next scene, how he behaves around women and just more about him as a person. So you need I that person like to that. bounce off of, which is good. Yeah, no, you I like that. the start when you start out with a Stark Expo and you have, you know, he's like, oh, I got you. you know, we got a double date. And like Steve really doesn't know how to interact with the woman at all, which makes sense. Like it I mean, also more more building character place, you know, foreshadowing. But I, I like all that. Like, I like how they do that, where. You know, Bucky Barnes is confident because he's good looking. You know, he's a soldier. He's someone to be, you know, respected. And you have little Steve Rogers and the girls like, "Ah, I don't really care. You know, he's not interested. Like, I I loved all that when they're when they're walking, you know, you have the whole Stark Expo scene. Like all that to me was just I I enjoyed it. And there's also a Easter egg in here, which I caught, which I pointed out to my wife. And she just kind of looked at me like, "Okay." Um, when they're going into the World Fair, you see the Human Torch, the original one from the 1939 comics inside a glass tube. Which, for those that don't know, originally Human Torch was not Johnny 
God, what the hell is Johnny Blit? No, not Johnny Blit. Storm. What the name? Johnny Storm. Storm. Yeah. Storm. I should have known that. It was not Johnny Storm. It was an android. And that was the huh. original Human Torch who also fought in, in the old Captain America comics, I want to say, or at least in the comics that took place in the 40s. Human Torch was one of the people who fought against the Nazis. So that's why they kind of make that reference to it. Huh. Interesting. It was Namor, Human Torch, and Captain America that fought the Nazis. Yeah, I thought it was really fun checking out this, the, the Stark Expo, you know, because we heard about it, right, in Iron Man 2, the great Stark Expo. And there's a really fun scene where uh, Stark is actually showing off his new flying car. <laughs> <laughs> and it breaks on him, which is such a lovely little moment because that really does showcase how much better probably Tony is than his dad is now. But it really does showcase a nice character. You know, Tony, you see him, you see Stark kind of leering at the one of the uh, chorus girls in the line and you know, in the in the thing, in the show, in the presentation. How many times <laughs> am I going to say this? How many words am I going to use for a presentation, show, we'll find conference? Out. You're going to find out. Anyway, I thought it was a really neat little uh, neat moment, um, kind of fun little, again, kind of showcasing uh, Tony, uh, Tony, oh, sorry, uh, Daddy Stark. Howard. Uh, Howard, thank you. I, I couldn't just... think of it either, so don't feel bad. Nah, that's all right. Um, yeah, it was pretty cool. It was fun to see uh, Howard Stark doing his thing like Tony did in the in the previous film in uh, in uh, Iron Man 2. But don't forget, <laughs> he did say, I did say it would be a few years later. Yeah, that's funny. After it breaks down. <laughs> It's still a few years away. I like the floating car. It's like an ancient precursor to the repulsor tech that Tony eventually yep. creates. Ooh, yeah. It's also a reference to what comes on to the flying hot rod in uh, Lola and Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. that they do in season one. Oh, yeah. Your favorite show. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it's still going, by the way, I found out. Like, it's in the final season now. Like, this didn't get canceled years ago. I was like, what the hell? It, yeah, it's finally ending this year. I didn't know it's still going. I didn't know either. Yeah, never never seen it, so. Okay. It, it doesn't, the first season sort of connects with, with the MCU and a couple episodes here doing there, but they, they, they got off that train by like season three and they went their own direction and nothing matters. Hmm. That's fun. Indeed. So the way. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's actually another neat moment here where um, they're, uh, where Rogers and Bucky and the girls are kind of talking and he walks up to that poster, that kind of propaganda um, join the army poster, and there's a blank cutout for where your face is supposed to be. So the idea is supposed to walk up and see your face in that little poster, and he's too short. Like he, <laughs> he can't see his face in that. That's really touching. I, I really, my wife caught that before I did, and she's like, "Oh, that's that's actually really, it's really sad." You know, he walks up to this poster, and it, he, it's just a blank face, and his face, of course, is on the torso. He's too he's too short to pretend to be a fighting man. In the army, into the, into the Spider Verse or something really similar. Hopefully, oh, we'll that, talk about someday. Yeah, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully. I've never seen it. It's, it's a neat moment. I need to change that. But I, I like when they have and they have him enlist again, which again shows you more of this character. Like he just doesn't give up. He they're supposed to go dancing with their double date that he doesn't care about. Instead, he's like, nope, I'm gonna go enlist again. Even though, and I love how they have all these signs around, like when he's sitting in the waiting room, and they have like, if you know, falsify on your documents is a crime, and all this is like, uh oh. And the military <laughs> yeah. police walks in. He's like, uh oh, uh -oh. I gotta go. <laughs> yeah, I love that. That was very good. Because, I mean, it could have went so many different ways. Like, and I, I like how they show that, like, you know, even though he's still a little unsure about what's happening. And if I, if I can just back up really quick, because uh, I think the expo is a good opportunity to talk about how this movie looks uh, and the look of this movie and how great this looks. I think this is a gorgeously made movie as far as visuals. Um, I love the fact that everything is retro, which is it's 60s era, but with a slight bit of modern technology, especially when we get into Hydra and their weaponry and all that and the tanks and them retrofitting things. 
But this just has a beautiful kind of rounded, almost nostalgic kind of hazy look to things. Um, I'm not sure if you guys know, but the, the director is Joe Johnston, who is most famous for directing The Rockets Here. Oh, nice. Cool. Tons of rock. Yep. There's tons yeah. of Rocketeer um, DNA in this in the way this movie looks. Oh, yeah. So um, it's a very, very neat looking movie. Um, yeah, it just I think it looks gorgeous. What do you guys think? I like the way it uh, looks, too. Yeah, my wife kind of likened it to the later Fallout games, how they're set in the 50s and 60s, but they yeah. have ultra modern takes on things. And it seems like most of the movie has like a, a sepia tone tint to everything yes. to give it more of a vintage feel mm-hmm. absolutely definitely yeah the color palette's definitely kind of muted with the going towards those browns like an old photograph you know yeah, yeah. no it's really beautiful i think it's yeah gorgeous and oh, it's distinctive yeah. it's distinctive in the mcu i think again i don't remember a lot of the other movies and we'll, we'll get there but i don't remember any other movies being this kind of obviously the setting helps right but just having this sort of feel to it is really great it seems like oh. they kind of call back to it in Ultron when Scarlet Witch is messing with everyone's head and Steve has the flashback to oh. this kind of time. And it, it has that same sepia tone to it. And it's like you know exactly where you are and when you are. Yep. Uh-huh. Cool. But anyway, I just wanted to point that out because I think the visuals, of course, are, are a big part of what makes this work. Yeah. That's one of the few movies I'm not excited to rewatch for this show. I am. <laughs> it's going to be an episode. We'll see. Yes, it would yeah. be. But and and this is like I love all the scenes with the doctor coming in where he kind of you know where he approves them. He's like, I'll give you a chance, and he stamps the thing, and it doesn't say F anymore. It says I think I A or something. Yeah, one A, one A. Yeah. Okay. I, mean, I, I thought that was up. Like, Four F says registrant not acceptable for military service to cl- to be eligible. Registrant. Wow, registrant. Get registrant. Must have been found not qualified for services in the armed forces by military entrance processing station. So he's just not fit altogether. And then yeah. 1A just says they're available for unrestricted military service. Thanks, Wikipedia. Yeah, thank you. See, the all-knowing <laughs> Google helps us out again. <laughs> That's what I tell people. They, they don't appreciate that sometimes. But uh, and, and I also like when you also – I want to say this is the first scene where you're at the mountain base. And I think this is the part where you don't see any of Red Skull's face yet. No. Yeah. Later. no this is where Dr. – no, this is where I think when you first see Dr. Armanzola too. Or am I skipping ahead? No, I think you're right because yeah. the, the first shot okay. of him is like blown up in a magnifying glass. It's yes, which is an Easter egg. Yeah, because for those that don't know, Armin Zola's originally wasn't a scientist. He was a scientist like face inside a robotic body that he fought in the 1940s. Not sure how I feel about that. (laughs) No, Um, but that that was his original, maybe 1940s. But whenever he no, he first appeared in 1977. I just have it open. But when he fought him, he fought him. He was he was inside something. He wasn't. He wasn't a scientist or he had already died in World War Two and was what you kind of they reference it later on in Winter Soldier. Yeah, but Winter Soldier. It's that, it's that same. But that's what they're going for. That's why the first time you see him is through there to kind of make mm. you think they were going to go that route. Then they, it's a little short scientist guy. And I like how they purposely prolong you seeing Red Skull. Like you see that, you know, you see the guy he's painting. You see this big clutter, like red oil paints. And, and he looks like blood. I thought they were going somewhere else. And I realized, oh, and then he turns off the lights when he's like, what do you need, Mr. Zola? Zola. And I mean, I knew exactly where they're going because he's Red Skull. And I don't think either Armin Zola didn't know yet what that he was that he had no face or what. I'm not sure, because every time most of the time you see you see Red Skull, he's wearing 
Well, he's, he has no makeup on. I shouldn't say he's wearing, but technically he's wearing a, a fake mask to look like Mr. Smith. But... Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, Mr. Smith face. I think you're just skipping ahead. That's not this scene. This is the scene where they popped a tesseract into his uh, energy oh, catcher. Oh, you're right. Yeah, I did skip yeah and that's that's. I think that's the next scene where they're hanging out in his in his lair. Um, okay. Yeah, this. Yeah, is the, I, yeah, that's okay. Here. We'll just cut that piece out, put it in the, put it in, you know, 20 minutes ahead. And oh, it's fine. not that far ahead. Yeah. I just see Red Skull painting in my notes now. Yeah. No, no, that's fine. It, this, no, this is the scene where, um, Hugo Weaving is, uh, yeah, they're, they're, they're trying to harness the power of the Tesseract and somehow, some way he does it. And of course, him being evil mustache twirling villain that he is says, no, 100% and pulls it to 100. And luckily it works. I, I, I love the idea of how they're building all these weapons that you see throughout this movie, the tanks, the guns, everything by using the Tesseract. Like to me, that is, that is a really cool idea. And no, I it is. And it's I'm a plus idea. it, it divorces itself from history in a way because the Tesseract isn't real and they were able to have these weapons, but since they're not, they're, I mean, the, the group that you're following throughout the movie, they're fighting Hydra, not exactly fighting the Nazis. So you're following a different thing, which you can still go along with history in a way that World War II still happens. And this was going on over here, but they're over here. Like, I, I love how they made it work like that. Exactly. No, I think it's really smart. And I like the idea of, again, harnessing things and harnessing power to power uh, the weaponry and, and all the tech that we haven't seen yet, but we will. It's like how every time you see a Hydra gun for the rest of the movie, it's got that distinct blue tint to it yes. like the, where there's some kind of Tesseract shoved into it to power it. <laughs> the Tesseract cool. battery. Yeah, very much. I like that they went with the Hydra uniforms. Like for those that follow the comics, Hydra is normally a green jumpsuit with yellow lines. Like I'm happy they didn't go that route. and They're just wearing all black because it makes much more sense. For somebody yeah. who was who had been part of the Nazi Party, and for someone in 1940s war, not so I was okay with that change. Yeah, that would be silly. Yes, I think they do reference it later on in in something in Shield. There's green in a lot of places, but here, I mean, at least not in the uniforms. I don't think. I don't think they ever go that. They don't go Marvel's 1960s. I don't think so. And and then you have you get Tommy Lee Jones in next. I was so surprised. I had you forgot I, he was in I this. Forgot he was there. Hey. hey. When he first shows up, I'm like, oh, yeah, he's in this. It's great. So you end up going to boot camp, and Tommy Lee Jones, for those that don't know, plays a drill drill no, commander commander in the U.S. Army, and he plays it perfect Tommy Lee Jones. Just normal, <laughs> I don't give yeah. a shit about nothing. Get to work. Yeah. Like, just Tommy Lee Jones. Yep, he's great. We'll he's see more actor. scenes of him when, he, when he's really shining. He's just, because he's quick. He's very quick with, um, quick in, like, breaking people down, you know, and saying... I don't say mean things, but just really great at breaking people down and kind of, you know, ex exerting his authority. He's uh, he's an authoritative yep. guy. But yeah. And we see Agent Carter for the first time. Yes. Now, Haley Atwell. Uh, yes. Really now, like sorry, go ahead. Sorry. You're good. I just want to say I really like her. <laughs> That's all. No, she's great. I think she's great in this movie. I really like her character. I think the actress who plays her is great. I, re I saw Agent Carter. Again, it's been 10 years since I've seen this. I'm like, is that the same Agent Carter from the TV show? Yes. And then. I'm like, I need to see the show now. It's only two seasons. I'm I'm so into this because I really like this character. I like this time period, the setting, and uh, just reading the brief synopsis on going adventures and taking down. Um, don't watch it yet because I want to do an episode about it, about each season. <laughs> okay, okay. So That's if you're fine. up for it, we'll gladly do it here because it's, it's both of them kind of connect and are very good. Okay. I, again, I this is the first time I remember. Again, I know the Agent Carter show now. But back then, it never registered. It wasn't oh, okay. a show. It wasn't but a show, now yeah. I, I saw it. I'm like, oh, wait, yeah, Agent Carter. That's a show. I think they guys like that. And I look it up. 
yes, I'm super into this now. So and thankfully it's on Disney Plus because it wasn't it was very hard to find for a while because it never went on Netflix. I had to watch it in other ways when I watched it because it, <laughs> it took it off the air and I'm like, I can't find this and I really want to see this. So I will find other ways to watch it. But now it's on Disney Plus so you can watch it the correct way. Well, I'll wait for your guidance uh, whenever to, to see that. <laughs> yeah, I was kind of thinking the same thing. Mike had already sold me on it and then I watched this movie. I'm like, yeah, I definitely want to watch that now. Yeah. Oh, and like the way they introduce you to Agent Carter, too, is there yeah. you have some soldier being an asshole because it's 1940s and women are shit and to, to men at this time. And that that mentality still sticks around to some men. But they have that and they, they do a good job of the guys like, oh, what are you going to tell me, woman? You know, pretty much like not what he says. I don't have it pulled in front of me, but it's that same idea. And I love how she's like, take a step forward he steps forward he's like i can show you some moves and i mean i thought okay i thought she was gonna slap him or something she just punches him right in the (laughs) face and it was just great she's like yeah fuck you both right in the face (laughs) no it was very it was very good um and again establishes her character she's you know strong and she's capable and can handle herself and um yeah really good and the actress who plays her is great so yeah i don't think i've seen her in anything else but the captain america stuff but I really like her. I know she's done other stuff. I just haven't seen it. Yeah, like they set her up as a badass right away. It's like not what you'd expect from a comic book female. Usually they're damsels in, damsels in distress, and she's not taking anyone's shit. No, yeah, but now we're in... Oh, you're good. But yeah, then, then so then we move into the uh, the montage of failure, as I wrote down. <laughs> I, I like this a lot. Like, oh, yeah, it's it, great. This is also very good. <laughs> I like this a lot. It's showing how Steve Rogers really doesn't belong there. He has no business being in boot camp with anybody. No, nope. um, not at all. Until he gets to the point where he's uh, gets to the flag and uh, the commander, Joe Sargent, famously says, first person who get up that flag gets to drive home with Agent Carter. <laughs> and then of course, he's like, see. it's very it's great. And all, all the dopes are clamoring over themselves, trying to climb up a, a, a thin pole that's probably slippery. And again, it's a uh, it's just a great moment where Steve Rogers kind of waits for him to leave and walks up, pulls a pin out. I guess nobody in the 17 years they've been doing this <laughs> trick has figured this out. Exactly. Well, I mean, it makes sense because you know your normal I'm tough, I'm uh, rough type of guy would be like, well, I'm going to climb this pole. You're not going to think, well, why don't we just break the pole down and get the flag? They're going to think you have to do it the hard way. You have to do it the manly way. So I like that idea because Steve Rogers is not your manly soldier. He's this guy that doesn't really belong in the army because he's a weakling, but he has a big heart. And I, I like that. He's like, well, pull off the thing and he just grabs him. Like, I love that scene. They all just look at him and he just jumps in the car with, with Peggy Carter. He's like, okay, let's go. <laughs> it's great. It's great. I mean, that's it's it's a very fun scene. Um, it's nice to see again establishing steve has some brains to him he's had to rely on brains his entire life probably because he doesn't have the brawn and uh it's also neat to see these uh you know these uh you know go get him army types kind of you know kind of a little shame there yeah you should have thought of that guys instead of trying to clamor each other <laughs> I, pretty, I, I love it was good it's a good scene i i was surprised how much i was in like even at this point i was like all into this movie i was smiling huge smile and i'm like yeah, <laughs> I was happy. It was nice. I haven't had that in every movie we watched so far in this show. That was yeah, nice. definitely. And, and I want to say you have a little bit more boot camp. I don't remember the montage, but you have him doing jumping jacks where Tommy Lee Jones is like, what? this guy can't even do jumping jacks. He's talking to the doctor and then he pulls the grenade and just throws the grenade. And I like that how they all they all run. But Steve Rogers jumps on the grenade. He's like, get away, get away. And he sacrificed himself, essentially. And then and they're like, it's a dummy grenade. You hear someone in the background yell. <laughs> yeah. and, I, and he's like, oh. And then Tommy, the doctor just looks at Tommy Lee Jones. He's like, and he just walks away. He's like, <laughs> no, 
Steve's like, was this a test? (laughs) No, but uh, so anyway, yeah, because they're talking about, you know, basically Tommy Lee Jones is talking to Stanley Tucci, you know, basically saying, so why, why is he here? Like, I get it. You have a pet here, but why? So that's why they throw out the fake grenade. He jumps on it. And then (laughs) Tommy Lee Jones turns him and says, Still tiny and walks away. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> so good. He could care less. Could care less. He's trying to make a point. He's selfless. That's what leaders are. Leaders are selfless. That's what the point is. Are you sure? And uh, Tommy Lee Jones just could give no shits at all <laughs> about it. Um, which leads us into the scene where uh, where Rogers and Stanley Tucci they have a little drink. I, I love out. this. A little, little 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 time together. And he's about to drink. He's like, you can't drink. You have a you have procedure tomorrow. He's like, okay, we'll hold that drink. He's like, I don't I can drink. I don't have a procedure tomorrow. <laughs> and I just well, start drinking. Uh. Very funny scene. Yeah, it was very funny. And this is where we get our exposition dump of what the Tesseract is and Hydra and Schmidt and kind of a lot of the, the backstory that you probably don't know um, if you're not familiar with the comics, which, of course, I'm not. Um, so this is kind of where you get a lot of that, a little bit of that um, that knowledge dump. Tesseract wasn't in the comics at all at this point in the form of the Tesseract. Okay. Because the Tesseract is an infinity gem in the comics, which was never in a cube. So maybe some people had an idea what it was because it has maybe some of the same powers. I can't say, but I don't think it, I want to say people were probably very unsure what it was, even if you had read the comics. But yeah, it's a, it's a good, it's just some good exposition on, you know, what we're going to be seeing for the next hour and a half. And it's good. It's a nice little time. And again, two good actors doing good work. It's, It's very fun. I was very distracted by the doctor's crooked glasses. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, to the point where it was very distracting. Like, why are his glasses crooked? And my wife's like, my glasses are always crooked. I'm like, yeah, but his are crooked. Look at that. <laughs> I can't have mine crooked. I got to fix them if they're crooked. <laughs> it was such a stupid thing to focus on. And I was like, oh, the scene's over. What? And, I got the drinking bit. That was about it. And for those that don't know, all three of the people you're listening to right now, all three of us wear glasses. Too, so that's <laughs> that's kind of right. That's right. That's right. So, <laughs> we're experts on motion, this. This is a major motion picture. You should have glasses should fit. I mean, what are you doing? <laughs> so, Come on, Marvel. I mean, all they had to do was go to some little dinky, you know, store and get glasses and have the guy person fit them. Like, not that hard. I'm saying there's a sunglass hut right down the street. The lot's not <laughs> sure far. Get on over there. <laughs> Uh, and and I also so after they have the talk, I love the part where he's in the car with Peggy and they're driving to go to the lab. And that's when I, I think he does a little exposition about she's like, why didn't you just run? He's like, if you start running, they never let you stop running. And again, building character. But I just love all this. Like I and you can kind of see her like, OK, this guy ain't so bad. Like, you know, he's not a hunk or anything yet because he's a little midget. But, you know, you can kind of see that she's like, OK. And I like how they kind of start building that, like, attention to, deep, you know, how she is starting to kind of, you know, like, you know, think highly of him because he, he's more than what she originally thought when she first saw him. And I, I, I like all that. And, like, we kind of had, I want to say we said this during the recording, too, when you first get the antique store and you have the old lady when they do the umbrella uh, key, safe uh, password part. I love that. When she goes to reach the bell and you see a, you see a machine gun right there by where the bell is. So if you said the wrong thing, <laughs> you ain't getting the bell. Did anyone else notice, though, um, how much... How uh, Chris Evans' height changed three times in that yes. scene. I was going to bring that, that up. It okay, I'll let right. you bring it. Go for it. Yeah, in the car ride, please go yeah, for the, it because the yeah. car ride was when the CG looked the most out of place. Like it seemed like every every camera change was like a, a different perspective. So he looked way smaller or way bigger depending on which camera was on him at the time. 
Oh. Yeah, they, they're doing like oldie time. Um, I say oldie time. People still do it. Uh, forced <laughs> perspective. So, you know, that way in the relationship of the characters to the camera will make them look different sizes. I uh, say so, it's, it's an old school technique and it works great. But man, it did. <laughs> <laughs> he gets out of that car and he's basically the same height again. You're like, huh, what's going on here, movie? But yeah, no, that shot, reverse shot was so, I'm sorry, so bad. Yeah, I, like again, that. I don't want to say nitpicky, but it was good. The shot of Peggy up front when she's closer to the camera and he's further away, he looks like an actual child, like a 10-year-old. <laughs> he does. I'm like, he looks like a 10-year-old. That's exactly what I said. I'm like, wow, boy, oh boy. There's a few effects in this movie that, that have not aged well, but hey it doesn't detract from the fun right definitely yeah, i don't i didn't catch any of that but i'm yeah, i i'm not too nitpicking on most things but then again i am also the guy that complains about like how thor looked in the last movie so i didn't say that <laughs> thor's face so that still bothers me to this day hey listen it me. it's all good but I anyway, and then yeah. I love how like when you have him when he first comes into the building and, and you see the lab and they see they see Steve Rogers I think it kind of that's when it, I, in my opinion it hits him what's coming like it it you know and he's just standing there and they all do, and like, you have a, you have like a couple seconds of them just staring at him and he's just standing there and it's just like and he's just looking down at what he's gonna go into and he's just like oh and I I, I like that like that was a I thought that was kind of a powerful part too like they're just kind of looking at him like this is the guy yeah. Yeah, that's what that was. It's like, wait, this is the guy you brought to do this with? They're expecting some, you know, you know, hulking dude who's going to yeah. be more hulky, right? Like if we didn't really meant, <laughs> uh, I see what you did there. <laughs> we oh, didn't I didn't even think of it. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't on purpose. Oh, that was man. good though. That's good. I'll take it. I'll take. Listen. I thought you did on purpose, but I, I, I like how earlier you have Tommy Lee Jones character saying, hey, we should take this guy. He's a, you know, he's a, he's a, he's a man, man. He's a soldier. And the guy's like, the doctor, he's a bully. We don't want a bully. Yeah. Like, and I, I like that, like where he really knew what he was looking for. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, sorry, go ahead. He was a bully, a bully too, because uh, during the, the, mon the military montage, he's sabotaging Steve at every turn. It kind of reminded me of the make a man out of you from Mulan music <laughs> <laughs> number where... <laughs> Everyone's sabotaging him the whole time, or sabotaging Mulan. Well, it is a hint to them. Oh God, that okay, that was funny. Very <laughs> good. I my brain didn't go there, but I, I will take it. Yeah. And I I love all this. And then you have the scene where he then he's loaded into the into the transformer machine, and I like that when they give him the first they give him a shot of penicillin. Like, that wasn't so bad. That was penicillin. <laughs> it was penicillin. <laughs> yeah. And that that was I good. And you had the whole. Machines labeled as the superhero Easy Bake Oven in my notes. <laughs> my wife said, too. It's called Easy Bake Oven. I'm like, stop it. Stop ruining my movie. Awesome. And I also want to point out how great all this tech looks. And again, I'm going to note this a few times throughout this, how good things look. All this old school 60s era tech combined with these modern ideas. Again, you're not going to have this macho man making machine in the 60s, but it all works. It's extremely integrated into the world that Johnston creates here. So and so when they're flipping switches and turning dials, I'm not really paying attention to what they're doing. I'm now looking at their switches and looking at the dials. Like, oh my God, that dial, that's like so 1960s. That's a great, that's a 60s era temperature gauge. That's awesome. Yeah, it's but futuristic. I'm sorry, I don't know where my brain was. Sorry. looking out of place. Sorry, 40s. 
Uh, but yeah, regard. Yeah, sorry, forties. But sixties should work too because, like, what Mike had just said, it is supposed to be futuristic. So that you know, for, so forties, sixties would be futuristic. Yeah, it's just got a really cool look to it, and uh, I just like how all of this, um, you know, old school technology and this modern tech kind of fuse together and actually makes sense in the world. Like, none of this looks out of place in this world that we've been in for like, you know, for the first thirty minutes of the movie or so. So works good. Yeah, forties, forties. Keep keep saying sixties, forties. <laughs> Remember World War Two, not Vietnam. Yeah, no, exactly right. Yeah, World War. <laughs> uh, and then when when they're injecting him with the serum, like, oh, that look, I would not enjoy that look. They had things going to his arms, that a bunch of little needles, and they had things in directly into both of his chest. Like that, just look. I'm like, because I don't like needles. I'm like, nope, nope, nope. <laughs> this does not look fun. Now I have a question: Is that Hulk juice? Like, is that the serum stuff that? <laughs> That, no, no, of course it isn't. It's the forties, like time. No, but no, I mean, yeah. no, but not far off because the okay. Hulk's can, research was it. to was to duplicate the super soldier serum. Yeah. So this okay. is kind of backwards. No. Okay, so I'm all right, man. You're man. not that. Yeah, okay. but hey, it's because Hulk came out first, you know, in the MCU because Hulk wasn't really in the MCU. <laughs> yeah. None of that looks nearly as bad. Speaking of Hulk, as the needle and abomination spine. I can't remember the. Yeah. <laughs> nope. that was terrible. No, that, was, that was hard. Yeah. Man, but anyway, I'm never watching that movie yes. again, probably either. Cool. Okay, so that's the super <laughs> serum that. So that's the super serum Banner's trying to replicate. Okay, gotcha. Right. Cool. Yeah. Good. That because they're following what happened all these years ago with with Cap Talk. Because as we're gonna, uh, I'll get in shortly. But and I like that part when he's in there and they shine him with all these UV lights because you know they're trying to kill or Vita Vita rays they call it. So they're you know they're trying to kill all the germs on him. And somebody gets that reference and I got shaking it. their head at me. <laughs> and if they, if they do that, they. <laughs> <laughs> I like that part where he starts screaming. They're like, turn it off, turn it off. He's like, no, I can do this. And again, more character building. Then he stops yep. screaming. But and <laughs> I like and I love that. Like then they finally, after everything almost like blows up, they open it up, and now it's Chris Evans as Chris Evans. And as my wife who watches it with me, she's like, What the hell is wrong with his pants? She's like, his pants should be high waters now. She's like, I'm not okay with this. <laughs> my wife my wife said it very similar. Fine. My wife said a very similar thing. She also goes, how do you get oily inside of that? It's called the finishing yeah. touch, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Stark hit the sexy button, I guess, at the very, very end. And made I that mean, it is a sexy button because when he comes out and he's standing there and Peggy Atwell walks over and she almost touches his chest. So, yep. hey, listen. So we should note there's a spy in this room and it's not a spy for Hydra. This is a spy for DC because Clark Kent is one of the onlookers in this room. Guy with black glasses, black glasses, <laughs> black slicked over hair. Yeah, it's pretty good. DC's got trying to figure out Marvel's success here. Yeah, like, huh. so. a one a one note character who's good at everything. Hmm. <laughs> he really seems like he's a very super man. No, just kidding. I'm, again, I know nothing about Superman. I can't I can't make fun of something I don't know anything about. Hey, you also, could watch eight. You could watch eight seasons of Smallville just like me. Seven well, seasons. Ten, I'm on eight seasons. Now. There's there's ten seasons of Smallville. Yes, oh my I'm God, aware. Got really? three more to suffer through. <laughs> I'm not even doing it for an episode. I'm just doing it because. All right. Hey, listen. We all need things to do. Yeah, plenty of things to do. But uh, and so, and I, I love all that. Like, and and speaking of spies, as they're congratulating him, you have a character who was with the, one of the senators earlier who ends up. He leaves. What's up? He leaves like a 
cigarette case, I think is what mm-hmm. it was supposed to be. Yeah. And as soon as that happens, I knew, because I already, you know, I've seen this movie. I'm like, oh, <laughs> there, there goes there goes trouble. And th- what I didn't know is he's actually from the comics. He's from the first issue of Captain America. He's a spy that Captain America fights. So it was kind of a reference to that, too. Okay. Makes but sense. he shoots the he shoots the doctor, steals the only vial left of the serum. Why there's only one vial left, I, I, I know. don't know. <laughs> I I'll know. take it. I'm Good okay point. with it. Like, yeah, it is fine. what it is. Yeah. And it was cool. Like, it was, I bought all of it. I was cool with it. And I, I love how this is the part where you have him chasing after him. Yeah. Because all the soldiers get, he does, I mean, this guy just takes out all the freaking soldiers inside this place and makes his way outside. And you have Captain America. He doesn't grab a car, doesn't steal a car. He just starts running because that's what you do. Mm-hmm. And I, I like this. Like, I like he just, he's just running on his own, just running, running, running. Like, it is, it is to me, it's a cool scene. And when the car goes one way, he takes a left because he's from the city. He's from New York. He's from Brooklyn, as they say in this movie multiple times. <laughs> and, and I mean, it made sense to me. Okay, he knows the city. Here's this guy who's a German spy who might not know the city as well. So it makes sense. And that whole scene where he's jumping, he's running on cars, jumps on a car, grabs the car the guy's in, holds on to it. Like, I, I bought all that. I was 100% on board in this part. Yeah, some of the CG and it's a little wonky, but it's a very great scene. It's a really fun. It it's a good example. Again, it's it's now it's kind of showing us what Captain America can do physically without his shield, because all of us we're all waiting for the shield. Like, when's he getting the shield? Because <laughs> the shield's the fun stuff, right? But yeah. this is really showcasing the stuff he is physically capable to do. Um, it seems almost a little unrealistic that he can just now do it. But if it's part of his nature, if that was. If that sort of action be part of his nature and now he can actually physically do it, I, I buy it fine because of what he's doing. He's not doing anything crazy. You know, he's running, he's jumping, he's leaping over things. He's using his new gifts, his new his new tool set, you know, to do some cool stuff. And we're learning the stuff he can do. It's very good. I want to just back up very, very quickly to when Stanley Tucci buys it. Mm. I re- love his death scene because he doesn't give you a goodbye speech. He just looks at him <laughs> and he dies. Good. Great. I thought well. that was great. I was waiting for the always be a kind man steve or you know something along the lines of remember the american way is the best way or something silly like that with great power comes great responsibility yeah exactly right well he does something but it's a callback to to an earlier scene when they're sitting drink well trying to drink and the doctor tells him when this is all over to be be a good man he touches his chest and then as he's dying he reaches out and touches steve's chest again to remind him of what he had said before. Yes. Okay. That's true. Yeah, it's good. But yeah, you're right. But what there wasn't a big long teary goodbye. That's right. I think that's a very sweet. That's sweet. That makes sense to me as opposed to like again, you try to struggle for oxygen, the perforated lung, and you go, you know, give your big teary goodbye. No. Yeah. It's a good point. You you reminded me of that. Yeah. That's nice. But uh, yeah, back to the would, chase. Yeah. Go it ahead. Would have been Sorry. a little too too similar to Jensen's death and Iron Man. It was very similar otherwise. So to yes. have the tearful goodbye would have been just just straight parallel. Yeah, very good point. Yeah, real good point. Um, but yeah, this just, no, yeah, they right. didn't need it. It was good. Um, they did it very well, very tastefully. Good. It was it was a good moment. And then this the the chase scene's great, and he finally captures. He finally. Uh, I thought this was interesting too. I didn't realize he had super lungs as well because he goes way down there to grab that submarine. <laughs> 
<laughs> the, the Hydra submarine that just happened to be sitting there at the dock that no one noticed. It's, it's like, the bat sub. It's it the, is the really DC is. spy. Well, it's, it is the bat sub. It's 1940s. I mean, subs aren't very common, so I, I can buy it. It's underwater. Nobody notices. Well, it's yeah. interesting because I asked my wife, I'm like, was that just sitting there? And she's like, no, I think it was underwater and it came up for him. Like, oh, yeah, okay. he, he he hits a thing on his lighter yeah. that makes it come up. Right. That's right. He did hit. OK, gotcha. I was probably no. scribbling notes. But yes, and just yeah. before this, when he's shooting at Cap and Cap grabs the door to the cab that's next to him, holds it in front of him is actually our second homage to the shield. Because we didn't we didn't mention it before. Oh, yeah. Yes. Speed up in the alley and he grabs a trash can lid and holds it out in front of him. Doesn't yep. do anything. <laughs> and then this time it's got the, the the actual star in the center of it. Yes. So like, hey, the door. The shield's mean, coming. Yeah, exactly. Just wait for it, guys. <laughs> and gals. I like all that. Like that that it's all good foreshadowing. Yeah. And great. then this is when you also have and as he grabs the guy out of the sub, because he doesn't. I mean, that's when the guy ends up biting. He. God, that just sounds terrible. Like to do that, like to knock your tooth out and Ugh. then to bite it. And all he says is Hydra or Hey Hydra or something. Yeah, Hydra. Hail Hydra. Yeah, yeah. Hail Hydra. It's the old Sinai pill bit. How would you? I mean, what? How do you get your tooth out just like that? Like, could you just? Because I'm thinking to myself, what if you ate something real sticky and all of a sudden your tooth comes out? It comes out that easy. Like, well, I guess we're done today. Come. Yeah, chew on the wrong, chew on the other side of your mouth for the rest of your life, I guess. I mean, or only put in the cyanide, yeah. the cyanide last tooth when you know you're about to hit some action. I think I that's that the, the key. I think that's the key is to do. avoid it. <laughs> but also, dying of cyanide has to be very painful. Ugh. Doesn't look good. Doesn't yeah. look fun. A little foamy. <laughs> A little foamy. <laughs> yeah, rabies. But <laughs> oh, and this is I. I was a big fan of this next scene coming up because I'm like I've said many times this episode, as I'm going to say many more times, I'm sure is I'm, I'm a World War II buff. And this is when you have uh, Red Skull, but he's still wearing his mask, talking with Nazi commanders. And they're kind of going through like, hey, you know, the fur is not happy with what you're doing. And they kind of make a comment where at one point I think he's something about my army or my this. And I'm like, wait a second, this isn't yours. It's Hitler's like I like we well, don't say Hitler, but I like how they do that because it. It was awesome. And again, as I was saying before, you don't see the swastika. You only see the red band and the white at one point. I mean, they purposely did very good with the shot. Not to let you see it. Because I was looking for it. I was looking at their uniforms. I was looking at the any type of like member, any type of thing they would use for the uniforms. I, I know this a little too well, um, but I was looking for all that. And I mean, they were all right. Like I had no problem. I love how they go and as they're talking. The guy goes up to the map, one of the soldiers, and he looks at the map. And he's like, it says Berlin on here. Yeah. <laughs> and that that was great. Red was like, oh, well, I guess I'll tell you. And then he just turns around with his gun. He just starts shooting them and they just vaporize. And one guy is trying to dodge it. And one guy runs to the door. He's like, ah, he tries to open the door. And it just they just shoot him right. I'm like, where are you going? Like, wouldn't it made more sense <laughs> yeah. to try to attack the guy with the cannon, not run to a locked door? Go help me. Like, come on. <laughs> I, I, I like this. This is interesting because this is like we were talking about before. This is the moment when the movie completely divorces itself from Nazism and Hitler. Yes. It says Nazism is no longer a thing. We shall not reference it ever again. You, no, there is no nothing, more because they nope. really it, they really make it that the Hydra was part of the Hitler's army. But at the same time, they're their own thing now. And they're just doing what the Red Skull. Yeah. And they're, yeah, it, yeah, I was just saying yeah, Hydra goes rogue, basically. And, and Red Skull says, that's it. We're going rogue We're our goal isn't just the Western the West or Europe. Our goal is the entire world. So um, Hitler's. Well, yeah, so so there's eventually, but he he yeah, basically felt he felt like Hitler's army or Hitler's regime regime was holding him back. So well, he's like, you know what? Yeah, Y'all are done. 
put on my glasses here. Speaking of history, at this point, depending on where in the early 40s, this would have been getting close to when Hitler would have stopped listening to his commanders and he was starting to kind of go insane. Like he was starting, this is kind of probably getting close to the time when he would have attacked Russia, which is what pretty much is one of the big reasons why he lost this war mm-hmm. so bad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it does make sense that you have a commander going, wait a second, this guy's batshit insane. We need to do our own thing because Hitler was intelligent at first. He was listening. And then like many crazy leaders, he stopped listening to people that he had working with them or he hired people just because they donated money to him. And he had people around him that were all yes men and didn't have people that were going to say, no, this is not right. He killed people that said, you shouldn't do that, Hitler. Well, I'll shoot you instead. I'll get someone else to say yes. Like that. And so that makes sense. Like from a historical standpoint, it makes sense to see how he was starting to kind of go his own way. There's yeah. a little, there's a no, little history. No, that's, didn't ask for. no that's, that's interesting. Cause in this scene, um, one of the commanders, uh, one of the, um, the Nazi commanders mentions how Hitler's becoming slightly unhinged. Like he mentioned yes. something about that throwing was, some troops at this thing, you know, kind of that's start, all real. start to question. Yeah. That, mm-hmm. that all happened midway through the war. And that's really what led to him losing the war. Like one thing that I'm going to say real quick, one reason why he lost the war also, he never made Berlin or Germany become an all war economy. He, he let them make dolls. He let them live life like it was normal. And one of his mistakes was you have to, if you're going to go to war like this, you have to make your economy a war economy. Everything is war stuff that you're making to do what he was trying to do. And he didn't want to do that. He didn't want to, he would do it in other countries he invaded, but he wouldn't do it in the countries where people actually wanted to work for him. So it, it, it makes sense. Like it, from a historical standpoint, it makes perfect sense that somebody would start to betray him because that's what happened in history too with the Volkire, uh, where they tried to blow him up and didn't work. Like that was happening all, that started happening at this time in the war. I don't get usually say, share my knowledge on this podcast. So <laughs> oh, <it's> good. <laughs> Wait a minute. <sighs> but, and I want to say this is where you also have, because you have Captain America now, and after the doctor had been killed, because he was, he's like, well, I can fight. He's like, I asked for an army. All I got was you. And <laughs> like, they don't care about him anymore. They're like, yeah, we don't need you. We want more of you. You were just a test subject. You were just, we don't, not really realizing what they have in their hands, because this guy is not a soldier yet. This is just a guy who was a science experiment to, in, in the eyes of the government, in the eyes of military. And I like all that. And I like how the center comes up. Look, I got an idea for you. <laughs> Like, this is a great comedy bit that they add, which also ties so much into later on in this movie, where <laughs> you have him, the guy who signs him up, puts him in the original Captain America costume, which mm-hmm. I was very happy with. Mm-hmm. Uh, a straight up original <laughs> costume, gives him the shield from the first comic, which is not the circular shield that we all know and love. It's the other looking shield that he has. And he goes on different stages and he's doing the whole you know, buy bonds. And I like how at first he's reading from the back of the shield because he doesn't know. And as the scene progresses, he has it all down. He's doing the whole thing. He's like, you know, well, every, every, every bond you buy, put the bullet in your best guy's gun. Like he just, I, I, that was great. It was all, it all just screamed 1940s America to me too. Yeah, man. I really, I, this is one of my favorite parts of the movie. I love <laughs> what I wrote down the propaganda part. Um, I actually think this goes beyond comedy. I think this really um, speaks a lot to how, like you were saying, how to win a war is to get everyone behind it. It um, is. And World War II is was the first time and probably well, the only the last time everybody in America was on board. Everybody was pitching in. Everyone was, was rations and everybody was on board. We're fighting a firm enemy in the Nazis. We have a villain to attack. And ever, never since then has have we been united whilst a war is going on it's and that will never happen again but because we just live in different times Um, but i just love the idea of the army saying all right we got this guy he's now a hero Uh, he's he's using newspapers doing crazy jumps he's a hero we can't just throw him into battle 
because he's not trained. Like he doesn't, well, he's not really trained in this stuff. He did boot camp. Like we can't let him go with Agent Carter and Tommy Lee Jones into God knows where and fights and fight crazy Nazis. Like we can't do that. So what do we do with this guy? Let's use him to further our agenda, to further our propaganda. I think it's very accurate to how an American uh, army organization would do that. Like what they, again, using somebody for that. It's also a little sad because they're taking somebody with all these abilities and turning them into, like they said, like a, a puppet on a string. Yeah. Um, basically turning them into a commercial. So I think it's very sad. It's very funny. It's It's got a lot of elements going on. It's got that great, like, John Philip Sousa music in the background. And Very it's, 1940s. It's and so the girls. Red, yeah. And it's like so red, white, and blue. Like my eyes were hurting. I'm like, golly, like, <laughs> that, man. That was the 1940s. Like, that was yeah. the way that everything was during that small amount of time because that's what you had to do. Because they knew that if they were going to win this war, you have to get everyone behind because one, right. they came in late into the war. They weren't involved yes. when they should have been because Correct. after World War One, you know, nobody wanted to fight again. And Roosevelt knew he could not start war because the Senate wouldn't the Senate and the House would not let him unless something happened. Right. God, I can I, I know a little <laughs> <laughs> I forget how much is in my head of this no, stuff. It's cool. I, I, I think World War Two is fascinating as well. I so you're you're, studied, you're not alone in that. I studied a lot of it too. All right, my man. This is gonna be a sidebar. You can cut this out. I am genuinely curious. Have you gone to the uh, World War II museum in in uh, in New Orleans? No, I've never been in Louisiana yet. Uh, but I I will if I go down there. I I if, probably you be could spend out. three days there. You could you could spend three days there if you wanted. Because I I do need. I'm trying to. This ain't getting cut out. But I am trying to travel more. Like I'm trying to go to different cities, different capitals. Like once a year, go to different cities and visit things that I should see. Like last year, I went to Chicago for a couple of days, and I, I'm going back to Chicago again because I didn't do enough. But that's what one of my goals is. But yeah, I definitely will have to hit that because I'll be geeking out. I have yeah, been on World War II type planes at different museums, and I want to say I think it was a World War II plane, South Carolina. They had one chopped up, and I wasn't. I was like 12 or 13 at the time, so my brain wasn't where it is now, where I where I would be like, wow. But it it was still kind of cool. So I I've been around it, but yeah, I have not. Yeah, and there's that one aircraft, uh, aircraft. I think it's World War II era, but there's an aircraft carrier. Um, I think it's called the Independence, and it's in San Diego. Uh, or no, is it San Diego? It was it Cor- well, Coronado, which is right? I guess I think it's around right San Diego. Yeah, anyway, probably. it's really neat. It's a it has all these old planes and stuff. You dig it? Um, like if I do go to Texas later this year, which I think is going to happen, well, hopefully, if the world ever when the world wakes up again. <laughs> Uh, I am going to make sure I I'm going to find a way to get to JFK and see that spot. I'm going oh to find, yeah, I don't care to if Dallas, I miss out on. I'm getting daily, I'm taking Uber, paying my thirty dollars, and going there. The Daily Plaza, yeah. I mean, it's it's an interesting thing. Yeah, history. Well, cool. but anyway, um, back at the podcast, <laughs> back at the back at the show. Oh, we do got to say that that was great. Uh, this is also the part during the whole onstage thing. You have Hitler, where they have like the guy dressed up as an ugly little small Hitler, which Hitler was not that short, by the so way. Fun. And you know he's creeping behind the kid. Is like he's right there. He's right there. And I like that. And then he punches him in the face, which is uh, a, which is from the up. first Captain America issue in nineteen thirty nine. 1940. I had it pulled up, but I don't anymore. But it's from that era, and that's in the first ish cover, which that's is funny. worth thousands upon thousands of dollars now because they destroyed all their 1940s comics to recycle them for the war effort. See, everyone getting together to do a thing. That's yeah, why the long- there's so few Superman, Batman, and Captain America appearances because everything from that era was destroyed. So there's not a lot made it through. Interesting. Yeah. So anyway, I could dine out a lot. I could dine on this uh, this scene a lot, but yeah, just basically for me, it's it's they have a point. 
it's an icky point. I don't like the point, but it makes sense given the the story and the situation that the army people are in. And uh, yeah, just fun. All that nostalgia is pretty rad. When you go to Italy. Yes. I forget. I don't know if it says the year or not, I, but I remember it does say Italy, which I, I like too because Italy got – Italy was one of the areas they don't talk much about when you talk about World War II, where they did land all that they did land a lot of troops in Italy and they fought. They fought for every little hill they got to in Italy. I mean, they all they were there. I mean, Hitler knew Italy was going to lose. He's like, slow them down and kill every man you got, but stop them, which they did and did not go well. <laughs> so it goes to Italy. And I like this where he's still Captain America. He's still in the costume and he goes up. He does a thing for the soldier like, bring back the girls we want the girls like they don't give a shit who he is like it, ma- it makes sense because his audience normally is 12 year olds and people who aren't in the war here are people who are watching people die who are losing their friends and this is the same squad that you find out a little bit later just got decimated fighting hydra and they lost a lot of men it's like i think she says 200 soldiers go in less than 50 came back yeah and the we 107 were... which yep that was like, earlier and... yeah we learned the 107th which has bucky in it I, I like Bucky, and I, I like how this is what gives him, you know, and then he's like, and then you have Peggy, like he tries to get Tommy Lee Jones to send troops, and they're like, there's no point in attacking this fortified fortress, I'm going to lose more than I'm going to gain, we're just going to leave it, and Peggy, I think Peggy kind of puts the idea in his head to go, or he has the idea, and she kind of helps push him along, Can't, no, she gives him, yeah, because she's the one that yeah. takes him in the freaking plane, yeah, because well, yeah. he's drawing the picture of the monkey yeah. on the unicycle, Oh yeah! She's like, is that really what you want to be? You, you you wanted to to come over here and fight. Is that really how you're gonna go out? And then yeah, he kind of runs with that idea. Which is, I love this. This is also where you get Howard Stark in, and this again shows you another part where you have Captain America isn't really or Steve Rogers. He doesn't really know women at all, and he's kind of very naive. <laughs> which this is when funny. I first saw the movie, I could relate to, and he's like. Uh, Stark has asked her about fonduing, and he didn't know what fondue was. He thought they were having sex, and I, and you don't find this out later. Like, but that's what he thought they were talking about. It was just funny. And he's like, "Fun," you know. And it just got how you know unaware he is, and you know how we're Stark it makes sense. You have a you know a billionaire playboy type character, and that of course you're you know especially for someone like Steve Rogers, you think, well, the woman is interested in that guy, not in me. And this is when he jumped out the plane. I thought he jumped out without a parachute, but he had a parachute, and I. I like that. Again, it had another classic World War II thing. You had tons and tons of flack trying to shoot down the plane, like real. Mm-hmm. I want to say there was something that we watched where they had one cannon shoot down a plane, and it's like, no. They would fill the air trying to shoot that plane down, at least in World War II. I think now we have better targeting. We can just shoot you down. But There was also a short, a short scene just before this where Peggy's getting ready to take him, and she's like, I think I can help you out with something, and... It cuts to the chorus girls going to get ready for the show, and the yeah, yeah. one girl runs up oh, and yeah. picks up her U helmet. The next girl picks up her S helmet, and the third one's like, where's my helmet? And it cuts to Steve wearing the helmet with the A on it. Yes. Yeah, the, just that last piece of the original costume. Yeah, that it's pretty classic. Very good. And you can, I, I want to say the little wings, like the, he has the little wings in the in the fake costume, in the mm-hmm. costume he's wearing when he's on stage. And I want to say they paint the little wings on his helmet too later. Okay. Oh, they do not the helmet he has now, but later on when he gets the more like oh, over yeah. the heads, he has he has it on there. The new costume. Yes. But yeah, yeah. the whole the whole plane drop is awesome. Like all that was just awesome to me. Yeah, really fun, really good. Uh, it's just interesting though. We're now getting to the point where um, this is the point for me when he's at the camp and he just decides, you know what, I'm gonna go save my friend. I'm just just gonna go save my friend. I really this really cements him as this leader type and for me this is one of the things and again he's we've, we've established this 
over the course. But now we've seen him really lunge himself into an actual physical battle solo. He's just and and he doesn't ask for a group. He doesn't ask for a regiment. He just goes. He doesn't want to risk any more men. He's gonna go himself, and if it, if he gets killed, he gets killed, right? And that's for me kind of what makes Captain America very interesting, in that he is this kind of selfless leader, uh, which was why I would assume is because why he becomes head of the Avengers is because he's the only one who could. He's this morally straight, always going to do the right thing type of person. Which makes him a little boring as a character, but makes him interesting as an ideal. Captain America to me is is like Superman, is like an ideal. He is someone to look up to. Not necessarily, he doesn't have great arcs. He doesn't really have much strife or trouble. I mean, he does have one bit laying around the movie we'll talk about. But for the most part, he starts as a good guy. He gets he's a good guy with muscles and he finishes a good guy like there's no growth because he's already an ideal. He's already an archetype for how a leader should be, for how someone who how a leader should be, which I always see Superman's the same way. And again, yeah. before DC people throw things at me, I don't <laughs> I, I don't know much about it. Again, I think I mentioned this a couple shows ago. I've had people try to explain Superman to me that I think has elements of that. Fine, I still don't get it. Doesn't mean he's a good character, but it's a it's in, it's it's necessary, right? He's a necessary component to the Avengers because he has to lead them. Because again, he's always going to be doing the right thing. So I don't know. That's, you need that's, that in the leader. You need a yeah. leader who's going to outweigh the many of the needs of the many over the needs of the one. Yeah, you need sacrifice. That's same idea. When you yes. have a leader who only cares about the needs of one, you usually aren't a very good leader. Loki. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right oh, like yeah that's what in real life Thor. Real life. oh well, yeah well <laughs> well in the real world yes yeah, yeah. Uh, it seems like cap was created to be that ideal when he was created in, looks like 1941 and it seems like he was created to sell like you guys were saying to sell the, the war oh, yeah. bonds and to get everyone rallied together right 100 to fight world war ii it seems yeah. like it was he was created for that that exact purpose and it's kind of cool to see the movie paying homage to that. I mean, that's what everything was in that time. Like, you know, right. just, when you look back at World War Two and you look at the way the world, you know, the way the country was after what happened in Pearl Harbor, it's like you had to be like this all. And this movie does a very good job of capturing that, too. Like, it's this wasn't fake. Like, this is how this, this is how they had to be, because this is also how they were, you know, they were pushed to be this way. Like people were pushed to really care. And, and you made everything Everything had to be about the war effort, or they wouldn't have won. So I, I did. I like all that. And like as he's infiltrating, like I like the scene. Like if you, if you get your first action scene where he's sneaking around the camp, and I enjoyed. I really like the scene. And when he when he goes to rescue the soldiers, and they want, I think they want to say, "Who are they? Who are you?" And he's like, "I'm Captain America." Or something like that. <laughs> it's very good. Find, yeah. Can't find the quote here, unfortunately. I want to say, but I, I it, it's it's great. Yeah, that's a really great scene. He kind of goes in and, and saves the day. It's all great. And again, this is also another stage of us building the Captain America character as far as his skill set. He, you know, he's sneaking around, right? He's not going through guns blazing. He's kind of like just being being slick, and, you know, and and being slick, uh, infiltrating the, uh, doing his best oh. solid snake as he infiltrates the. the uh, here's the line when he rescues them. They say one guy's like, "You know what you're doing? Of course I do. I've knocked out Adolf Hitler over 230 times." Very good. <laughs> and they're like, "What? What?" <laughs> I love that. And I mean, also it makes sense from a strategic standpoint is you want to let every all the prisoners go because then the prisoners are going to cause a riot, which will give you a way to do what you need to do and escape because you're, every, you know, I mean, he's there to rescue them. But also it makes sense, like. 
Yeah. You, you know, he didn't have an army. Now he has an army. So then he lets everyone escape and he releases people. We get our very brief introduction to his new team of good bros. So I, I remember like from commanders. Thor. Yep. From Thor, he needs a team of good bros and oh, one gal. <laughs> Here he's got his team of good bros. And uh, yeah, it's cool. He's got the guy with the bowler hat who just, well, I don't know why. Timothy Dum Dum Dugan. Dugan. What? Uh, you got- <laughs> his name? That's his name. Yeah, it's his name. Oh. Dum Dum Dugan. Name. That is a name. All right. Yeah, it is. is the, uh, yeah, it's the same actor that is for people that watch Arrow. He's an Arrow, too. He was Dam- Damien Dark. Okay. And nice. he was also in a very, very good movie. First Star Trek First Contact. Yeah. First Contact is good. Remember that. Anyway, but it's a, yeah, no, it's a, that's a, a nice little scene. And then you get your introductions to his new team. And uh, yeah. And then he my one of my favorite bits of this is as he's kind of working his way through the facility. And of course, his the 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 released the released commandos are now, of course, rioting and they're taking over weapons and blowing stuff up, which is super fun and super good. Um, I think this is the first time we've actually seen the Hydra weapons in action. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Other, other than Red Skull killing those. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That doesn't really count. That was more of a cannon. This is like guys having just guns that just vaporize people that are chasing after them. Right. And all the Hydra folk have, I think they all have like little backpacks on. Is that like the little battery yes. they keep on their back? It's so good. Because okay. they, which makes sense. Like this is, you know, so far ahead of technology that they weren't able to really, you know, put it just in a weapon. They have it, you know, that you have to have an energy pack attached like you're a Ghostbuster. And it's also a point where there's one point while the riding is going on and Steve is looking for Bucky, which he does find. Uh, before he finds Bucky, he uh, snags one of the little Hydra batteries, like the Tesseract batteries. He kind of just walks by his blue little thing and goes, ooh, that's interesting. That might be of note. What's <laughs> in his pocket and leaves. <laughs> I thought it was very fun. I just kind of, as he's running by, huh, a glowing battery thing. I don't think they do that either, do they? No, I don't think so. No, they give it, well, I think they give it to Stark. Yeah, there's that scene. Stark. And Stark they examines They came back it. with a lot of guns. Oh, that's true. So I don't yeah. know if they do anything with it then. I don't no, think so. It's just it's just there. I mean, I was waiting for something to happen during Me the too. scene when he's fighting and you know use it to blow up something. But nope, you're right. Nothing happens. And then as he's try as as he's trying as he's trying to as he's in here running around, this is when you also have Red Skull starts you know blowing the place up. He's like, we lost, and he starts self destructing everything. And then and then he finds you know he finds Bucky Barnes in a different room tied up to a chair. And you see like a light above him, which is again foreshadowing to the movie coming up. Which makes sense because they're already starting the whole mind control thing that's going to happen. <laughs> Spoiler alert in the next Captain America. <laughs> well, that I, I and I caught that. Like they don't say anything about it. They just get him out of the chair, get him out. He's kind of all, you know, you know, woozy. And I'm like, I know what's happening. But yeah, I love that. They don't mention it once. I didn't in make that movie, connection. They don't not, do it. Neither did I. You didn't make it? Nope, nope. Neither did I. Oh, that's what it's, it's a reference to Winter Soldier. Okay. So. I figured they did all that like after they, they pulled him out. Yeah, because they started the process here, but they didn't finish it. And then after things happen coming up in this movie, that is why in the next movie and so on, he's that's why it happens because of this. Nice. So I did yeah, like that exchange when, when Cap finds Bucky. Bucky, I thought you were dead. I thought you were smaller or shorter or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were smaller. Yeah, there you go. It's a good one. It's and there's one line from the doctor that we we forgot, but I want to say that way early in the movie he says, "Why someone weak? Because a weak man knows the value of strength, the value of power." And again, yeah. kind of just shows you more about yep. why they pick Steve. But it, it's it's great. Yep. No, oh. pretty. Oh, and speaking, then speaking oh, of smaller, we uh we missed the the Stan Lee cameo a little bit ago. No, that's later. And we did. Or no, that no, is not. It's, right. it's, yeah, it's when he leaves with Peggy because. They're they're waiting for the show, and some guy comes out and be like, "Hey, Captain America's not here." And Stanley says, "I thought he'd be taller." 
<laughs> yeah. I, I didn't care for this cameo that much. Like, I, I like Stanley cameos, you know, rest in peace, but I, this one's not one of my favorites. I just feel like we, we need to point them out. In we every do. Movie. No, you we have should. to. They need to be. They're Especially now. And they're um, in every movie, so they, they so, need to be pointed. So have we gotten to the point where he finally confronts um, Redface? <laughs> yes. <laughs> right there now. For those of you punching your seatbelts, yes, I, I said red face on purpose. Relax. It's okay. Red skull. And he takes off his, as you put it, uh, Michael, his uh, Agent Smith face and reveals the red skull. Like I wrote. MI2. Sorry? It's like Mission Impossible 2. He just ripped off his face. Yeah, I, thought, I thought about Mission Impossible when he pulled it off. <laughs> I didn't. Sorry, keep going. I, had to, I had to make that reference that that, that, that movie. No, it's good. I, I didn't I didn't make that connection. Um, so, Michael, what did I say on our message group, our group message? We were talking about this last night. I said something to the effect of his face. I don't remember. Well, I'm going to look I think now. you said it looks stupid. Stupid. That's what I said. Yes, I said it yes, looks stupid. He's got a stupid face. I think he's got a stupid face. I don't like the way this looks. Okay. It, no, it's okay. Explain. You can, <laughs> now, mind you. So, okay, mind you. This is this is personal preference type stuff. So obviously, this doesn't. You know, this is not like a knock against the film or anything. I think they because they describe on they describe well actually Stanley Tucci describes how Redface um, got his red red face because he was doing something. I forget the actual thing, but he there was some sort of accident. He was messing around with. I, you can remind me, I guess, what something happened where he got you know burned, I guess, and he got this. Um, red skull and he has this, oh, this it's... De- de- deformity oh there it is Ugh. that's not the one from the movie that's the one no, from the better. 1990s Matt oh, no, I just movie. pulled that up too <laughs> now that's that so bad. scary don't do that he, so, so just so you guys know we do this on a Skype thing Michael just pulled up a face of a scary <laughs> red guy and I jumped like what what's going on now that's the one from the 1990s movies I actually prefer that I here it is here's a problem it's it's too smooth it's, yeah see look at his stupid cheekbones his dumb pointed up nose <laughs> This the, looks dumb. The 1990s one looks like Ivan Ooze from the Power Rangers movie. I'm yes. so into that. I'm so here for that. Just modernize. Just give me a little bit of again. Maybe maybe it's just me and my my love of, of body horror. But yeah, I don't know. I don't expect somebody who's been destroyed by irradiated space stuff to have this perfectly smooth. Oh, um, what it was is he injects himself with a super soldier serum before it was it. ready, and that's why he has. That's why he loses his skin and becomes a red skull. Because and plus, because he's an evil person, and it just amplifies whatever's in you. Yeah, it's not a skull. Stanley Tucci says uh, the serum wasn't ready, and neither was the man. That's it. That's it. Stanley so, Tucci's but, got a lot. Oh of good God! If, if we're looking at the two, I mean, it's way, way better than what was in the 1990s. Yeah. Like, 1990s is God, <laughs> I don't know, it's give me a little goop. I don't know. Um, I know it's PG-13. For those that are curious, just Google Red Skull 1990s Captain yeah, the film. You'll find it. it. Is, it's, it's better than worst. that. It's better than that. <laughs> there's but... two of them, by the way. They made a sequel to that movie, too. What? Yep, there's two Captain America movies in the 90s with uh, Matt Salinger. Oh, that's not I think right. Maybe it's the 90s. Maybe it's the 80s. I don't know. It came out when I searched 90s. Maybe I'm wrong. No, yeah, I just the, the original came out in 1990. Oh, God. Wow, yeah, I just personally don't particularly like the design and um, and I don't particularly like the character either. And that's something that's a little more that was one of the big deals I or big problems I had with it back in 2000, uh, 2011, 2011. One of the big problems I have is he's he has no strong motivations other than his own self-interest. And that's for me a big problem when it comes to villains, because you have to have um, a positive motivation, even if you're evil doing wrong. Your motivation, you have to think you're doing the right thing. Their motivate and for him, it always comes off as I just want more power. I want to rule the world. But they never give you a reason why. 
Like, why do you want that? Other than the fact that you'll be more powerful, you'll have more things. It doesn't ring as a good villain. It just rings as a mustache twirler who's just evil for the sake of being evil. Oh. And that's my biggest problem with him. And if there is a, a a reason that I missed, please tell me. And if there's a reason in the comics, I don't know. That's correct myself. 1979 was Captain America TV movie that we were just talking about. I don't know why I got 90s. I knew it was the 70s. And Captain America 2, Death Too Soon, was also 1979 of those two movies. Oh, weird. I okay. just had it wrong. And I'm like, what the hell? Because when I searched, ni- it didn't come up in 1970. It came up in 1990s. And it told me 1990. But no, it's 1979. I was like, I knew it wasn't right. All right, that's all. I okay. had to correct myself. That's fine. But anyway, <laughs> that's my opinion on, on Red Skull. I'm not sure what you think about what you guys think about him as a, as a villain. I love him as a villain because of the comics and everything. So I, I came in this movie a little biased as I think he's fine, but I also know a whole lot about him, but I had no problem with him. Even just in the movie aspect, I had no problem with, with way he was. He didn't bother me at all. And I, I love the, I love the design of the skull and the makeup, but I also don't like body horror. So I can see where you're coming from though. <laughs> like, give me a like, couple scars. It. Like give me some scars. Give me some damage. It just looks yeah, like a this... for that. Like this painted Halloween mask, and it's like, oh, it just didn't didn't do it for me. Um, uh, Mike, what do you think about about Red Skull just as a villain? As far as motivations go, he just seems to have that classic supervillain. I want power, not necessarily a reason. Just wants to rule the world. Seems like a product of the time he was created, and it's like that's all they needed back then. But even then, I think like even this is going to get you know this might get. I say triggery or anything, but like even Hitler, who is for us evil monster, he thought he, what he was doing was right. He you thought I mean, this was the best way for things to move forward. Wrong, of course. Every villain or every like, you know, throughout you look at history, like all the big dictators. I mean, they think they're doing what is right. So that that makes sense. Most right. people who are terrible don't realize I'm a terrible human being. They think what exactly. I'm doing is the best thing for my people or the best. I mean, some people are like, well, I deserve it. You know, but this. It, it makes sense. Like, I mean, Hitler did believe what he was at the time what he was doing was the right thing for the German people. Right. And that's and that's exactly the thing that we're not seeing with with uh, with Red Skull is. Yeah, I just not to reiterate 300 times, but he just doesn't seem like he has any good positive motivations. And maybe I'm just maybe I'm just spoiled on the really good Marvel villains that come out, especially Thanos, which is who is wonderful because he mourns what he has to do. Like he doesn't want to do this, but he knows he believes in his heart that eradicating half of the planet is going to be the reset button we need as a universal society. And he doesn't take a ton of pleasure in it either. This guy just likes being evil for the sake of evil, you know, and that may work in final fantasy six with Kefka, but (laughs) not in, not in, uh, not in this scenario for me. Like it just makes it boring. He's a, for me, he's extremely boring, which means a lot of the stakes of when, you know, when he's fighting and battling, I just, it's like, I don't really care. It's cool watching two dudes duke it out. That's neat. Yeah. Just a boring villain for me. Okay. Uh, But I I will say this. Yeah. I will say this. Just this, this movie is not about the villain. It's about Captain America. It's not really about him. It's about us developing that character so we can move on with the rest of the MCU. Fair. But again, that's just, that's just my opinion. Not bad. I mean, I, I can see where you're coming from. Like, I, I loved everything about their interactions, and I just bought it as since he's a Nazi, he's just trying to take over the world because he's a Nazi. So I didn't think, but I, I see where you're coming from, though. Like, they didn't, like, it's not, I mean, he's not one of the great villains like you have in the MCU. You only have a few where you need to really, like, build them up, but it's Nazis. They just went, he's a Nazi. He's bad. Go get him. Oh. Yeah, basically. But when they first meet, they also have a line where he's like, What makes you so special? I'm just a kid from Brooklyn or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. 
cool. It's it's Captain America. Or, or, being or Captain is it? America. I can do this all day. So can I. But unfortunately, I have a tight schedule. That might be later. I can't remember. Oh no, I think no, that's that right now. Time. Yeah, I think that's here. Yeah, and that's also he says what makes you so special, and he says nothing. I'm just a kid from Brooklyn. But I like it as as you have the place, and they kind of I think they fight a little bit, but then that's when they activate the bridge, and then Red Skull retreats. And as he's retreating with Armenzola, I thought he can get into a rocket. <laughs> and I thought for sure there's an escape rocket. <laughs> rocket helicopter. And I thought that was just so cool because helicopters weren't around at this time yet. Yeah, it's so, very true. It's a it's a it, rocket copter. <laughs> and I like how they did it. Like they found a way, like, okay, I mean, well, actually, no, I take that back. The French uh, okay, the helicopter term was in 1863. The first helicopter was 1907. So I'm wrong, but I mean, this is a futuristic version of a helicopter, so I'll take it because they probably didn't have that in this time. I thought I was thinking, oh, there wasn't a helicopter, but no, they had the helicopter was invented in 1949. The first helicopter flight across the United States. So there were helicopters, but not so they went with something very different. I called it in my notes a rotoplane. So I mean, I don't know. That's more accurate. I was thinking helicopters weren't invented until after World War II with technology from World War II, but I was wrong. They were around, just not. They weren't. They hadn't reached full scale production until 1942. It looks like 131 were built. So yeah, they were around in the war. Okay, enough of that. But <laughs> I, I, I like all that scene. I like it when he just, he's like he's like, where will I sit? And he's like here, and he throws Armanzola the keys. He says, here you go. Not the scratch. scratch. Yes. <laughs> that <laughs> that was perfect. Like that that whole part was just so cool. And you have the whole factory exploding and you have them trying to walk across the beam and then Cap just jumps to kind of show you that, you know, he's Captain America. And then this is when the movie then switches to Tommy Lee Jones' character at the camp writing the obituary or the the condolence letter saying that Captain America went behind enemy lines, was, miss, you know, missing action. He's got to declare him killed in action. And then as he's telling Peggy that, he's like, we'll talk. He's like, I can't do anything to Stark. He's a civilian. But you... And then you have all the all this. He's like, what the hell is all that commotion? All the soldiers are running. And it shows Captain America coming up with all the soldiers and tanks. And it's just, I mean, I, I started to cheer up a little. It's such an awesome scene that they're just coming, marching up the road. I, I love it. It was just, it, it's great. And this is when you kind of start to see, like, I think, doesn't Peggy, I think yeah, Peggy comes up to him and he, and he pulls up the, the little radio she gave him earlier. And he's like, sorry, I couldn't call. I couldn't call for my ride. Yeah. He's all caught up. It's a it's a good scene, right? It's it's a good um, you know, everyone is rescued. Everyone's back. You know, Captain America is the hero. Uh, he's this is the first time he's truly been the hero um, and saved lives. And this is really now him in the role as as this uh, captain, you know, from this scene on, you start really seeing him be, a, you know, a soldier. You, you know, he's planning things. He puts a team, you know, they put a team together, which involves a bunch of the people he rescued from the camp which i like is there i mean there are from the comic but they're also like you have a, you have a, an obvious frenchman you have you know different people not just american soldiers which i thought was cool too because world war ii was made up of so many different nations fighting the nazis yes that's a good that's a very good point i don't know if and we like I, yeah go ahead sorry oh and they're in the bar and he's like and he's like what do i have to do for you to join me and he's like open a tab yeah. <laughs> again his his team of good bros you gotta have them early on in the mcu you gotta have that team of uh just sidekicks until you get further along and then you don't need sidekicks anymore because you have a room full of superheroes. But uh, <laughs> Very soon, early actually. on, Next you need your sidekicks. No, I'm good with these sidekicks. They're super fun. I I, I enjoy the, the two minutes of on-screen time they have, so I'm fine with it. 
this is when Haley Atwell walks in in the in the red dress, and I like how they're all like, oh, and 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 <laughs> and Bucky tries to like hit on her, and she just ignores him. Or says, no, she, I'm waiting for the right partner, which is the same rep, the same thing that Cap that Steve Rogers said yeah. when he was little man right. in the taxi cab. He's like, he's like, she's like, why don't you ask? She's like, she's like, I'm just waiting for the right partner, which I I love how they continue that throughout this entire series. And it was just great. And she just kind of, you know, says that to him. And you can kind of see it. You know, know, they're both starting to kind of care for each other. They're kind of building that, like, she's interested, even though I don't think Cap really understands what's happening because he doesn't know what they make (laughs) comments. Like, she's like, you know anything about women, do you? (laughs) I love that. Yeah, Yeah, she walks away and uh, Bucky's like, I'm invisible. Oh, my God, I turned into you. (laughs) (laughs) It's great. But did anyone read that as a little sad? Like, for me, I actually read that. I I caught this. And again, this is the first time I've seen it in 10 years. But when that happens, uh, she comes in. And and firstly, they do a really good job of cementing their relationship slowly and surely, uh, Captain America and um, Agent Carter. They really do a nice job. Even before he was all buff and big, she had an interest. Like, she, she respected him. She had a... She had a baseline respect for who he who he was. Now, mind you, a smoking hot bod doesn't hurt, you know. But <laughs> that wasn't dress the only doesn't mo- hurt. That dress doesn't hurt either. But the <laughs> uh, but the the mutual admiration was there. The mutual respect yeah, was the, there. You see it in the taxi when he's talking about how he's waiting for the right partner, and he's talking about how he ne- he you just if you start running, he'll never let you stop running. Like you can see it, and they do a good job of showing it. Like it's there. Like it's starting to very grow. subtle. Mm-hmm. But Throwing it's good. The like it's very good. It, it, she does a good job with her eyes of kind of showing it without there being any lines yep. of dialogue, just the way she conducts herself. She is a tremendous actress. She is yes, really she is. good about that. Um, but I really felt kind of bad for Bucky because I read it as PTSD. I read it as somebody who's lost all of his oh. confidence, all of his strength. Everything he thought he was has been stripped away because no. of this experience. That, so that's that, how I read that it. That makes sense. So it so even though it was kind of played for a laugh because when you know um, Cap you know Captain gives him that pat on the back like you know or, or I'll, I forget what the line was but he gives him like this jokingly pat on the back I'm like man that guy's been brutalized and I completely forgot about the the big I'll say twist the big twist of Winter Soldier because as I've said before I wasn't in my greatest state of minds so when I saw that movie back in <laughs> 2013 or whatever it was oh, uh, soon yeah soon it's coming soon but. That's how I read it. I read it as a damaged guy, and it really struck me as a little sad. Okay, no, that's a very good way to put it. I didn't think of it that way, but being somebody who's been in that, who I understand that type of situation, that makes perfect sense. Like, especially after everything has happened to him, and he's already started to be brainwashed and all that. Like, that makes perfect sense that that's kind of what they were going for too with PTSD. But they played it off for a laugh. Makes sense. I'll take it. It's just, and then oh, <laughs> this is when this is one of the other comp. Like I. I love the next part when you have him at the HQ and you have Natalie Dorn for those who are Game of Thrones fans. They recognize her from there where she is a cameo role where she's like this random secretary and she starts hitting on him. And he doesn't know what to do. And then she starts kissing him and he doesn't really know what to do. He kind of kisses back. And that's when Peggy Carter just walks in. He's like, oh, I see you didn't mind waiting or something like yeah. that. I get the line. You always wanted to be a soldier. Now you're like all the other ones. It's funny. She's she's in Game of Thrones because I've never uh, seen Game Natalie of Dorn. Yeah. Okay, I know her from ready for this. I know her from the uh, network show Elementary, which is the uh, Sherlock Holmes with um, oh. Tommy Lee Miller and Lucy Liu. She yeah. plays Mori- She plays Moriarty. She oh. is she oh. is Moriarty, and she's great in it. 
She's a good actress. Spoiler, if you haven't seen Elementary, my wife and I are obsessed. We've watched all seven seasons multiple times. We kind of love it. It's good. It's really good. I don't know why. I just started One Tree Hill because my wife is reliving the early 2000s, apparently. We're watching Smallville, now watching One Tree Hill. And so it'll be a while, but I might have to take that because I just started. That's One Tree Hill is nine seasons for those that don't know. So, yeah, it'll be a while. But okay, I might take a look at that someday. Yeah, it's good. Oh, Hulu, so I might be starting that later. She's in. She's Anne Bolin in the show The Tudors also for a couple seasons before her head gets chopped off. (laughs) Not a spoiler because she's a historical figure and her head got chopped off. So, no, not a spoiler. Fair enough. <laughs> I mean, if it, if it if when the movie's about a historical thing, like, and you say something like, "Nah, okay," like history, like it already happened hundred years ago. You're a little late. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> so, but two doors, I don't recommend it. I watched all of it. I do not recommend it. <laughs> don't ask me why. I watched all it. right. So yeah. Um, let's <laughs> and see. We're, I done. I love this whole like this whole all these scenes right in this next part. Where after you have the kiss is when he walk. He's talking with. Howard Stark, and then, you know, he's showing the difference. You're like, oh, I see you like the shield, and he has a couple different models of the shield to show him, and he grabs, you know, the classic shield, and and, and he's like, well, this is this is great. Why does it, you know, we should have more of these. He's like, that's all the vibranium we have. Something yeah. of that nature. It's one of the rarest metals in the world, Cap. <laughs> he also says it's the prototype, so, like, what are the other shields made out of then? Shouldn't that <laughs> still be the, the choice for Cap? Yeah, yeah. right. He has a good point. I don't understand. Yeah. But I I mean, again, I, I love the shield. This is when he holds the shield. And I forget what's said. I can't remember the exact lines, but Peggy she, ended up uh, saying something. Yeah. He asks her what, what she thinks of the shield, and she pulls out the gun and shoots at it. So it works. <laughs> <laughs> I And I love that because I in my head, before I thought, I thought there was a line like, did she know that was bulletproof or something? <laughs> That's but, a good point. <laughs> and then as my wife watches, she's like, she's pissed. And I mean, yeah. I'm like, oh yeah. I mean, it was just great because yeah, it was just it's just perfect because she he just shoots and it's just because <laughs> she's mad at him because he you know she likes him and here he's kissing some other girl and she's like ah, boom boom boom. Which then you get the exactly. exchange between Cap and Howard and they're just staring in awe after her while they're talking. And I and I think <laughs> this is when he also says like, why is she mad? Something about fondue and he's like, fondue is a cheese or something like that. And <laughs> I think he also says you don't know anything about women, do you? Or something like that. There's a line in here, but I can't find it in my quotes that I'm looking up right now. But I, I like that. Oh, what yeah, he says, what do you think? Yeah, bang, bang, bang. I think it works. Yeah, yeah. there there it is. There you go. <laughs> Which is again one of my fa- one of my favorite lines from uh well, just the line in general, but it was in one of my in one of my favorite series of books, Wheel of Time. Hell has no fury like a woman scorn. That's it. That's the line. <laughs> and then they have like another like another montage here where he's just attacking different bases and it kind of shows you just like they're wiping out Hydra because he saw a map earlier when he invaded in that base in Italy and he's just taking out base after base after base, working their way towards Red Skull, which was good. Yeah, fun action, very visceral, about visceral, visceral, kind of just very kinetic and it moves well. And again, you see his uh, the group of his group of friends, you know, contributing which is always really cool you know why are they there they kind of showcase why they're there um and it then makes, at, yeah. it makes it show that it wasn't just one battle they fought and won like they're actually fighting a war yes they're actually contributing to the war effort they're actually yeah contributing and that's a great way of putting it um it's also a good tech demo for all the cool stuff captain america can do right smacking <laughs> the shield off of people and blocking things and all the cool stuff that we want to see captain america doing because it's super fun. Yeah, it, My favorite was when the the French guy rolls down in front of the the oncoming vehicle and puts the bomb underneath it. That's pretty fantastic. <laughs> it's great. No, that's that's really good. It's a good scene. 
And then and then, and then it finally switches to an actual mission where they go and they have to board a train because they find out Armin Zola's on this train running away to the Elf. Because they're kind of as as they've been doing this, they've been narrowing down where Red Skull can go, and he's running out of bases. He's up in the I think in the Alpine Mountain. No, not Alpine. That's in America. He's up in the mountains somewhere. I think they say, but I forget. Where. Yeah, but, I think it's like Swiss Alps. I think it was. Yeah. Okay, so I wasn't completely wrong then. Appalachian. That's in America. Yeah. But the whole boarding the train sequence is cool. Like they, you know, they have them kind of like go down a rope or a wire to get in, onto the train, and it's just him and Bucky goes on this train. And as I, even when I first saw the movie, I kind of knew where they were going. I'm like, this ain't gonna end well, because for those that know Captain America, they a lot of you know at this time you would have known that at one point Bucky goes missing. As they're fighting on the train, Bucky ends up grabbing the shield, which is also because Captain America dropped to get shot or something. And again, it's a reference when he's holding that shield and he's shooting. Because in the comics, when he be- when Bucky becomes Captain America, he holds the shield and has a gun. Mm. So that was a reference huh. to that. But he gets shot when he's holding the shield, and since he's not Superman, <laughs> pun intended, <laughs> he gets thrown off the off the train and Buck and then goes away. <laughs> and that's the end of Bucky. <laughs> it was pretty yeah. jarring. I forgot that happened. And yeah, um, they just kill him. For those that don't know, like I knew, I'm like, yeah, he ain't dead. But they're like, well, yep, he's dead. Bye. We'll Bucky. never see him again. Never ever. My wife, my wife actually, she was, she was like, it's like, wow, I think she, she goes, she's like, I figured that would happen, right? It's like, oh, he's gone. That's a shame. And then I'm like, thinking in my brain, should I mention? <laughs> no, I won't. Because I genuinely, yeah. So yeah, it was fine. It was cool. It was, it was, it was a shame. Two months for us in recording time, probably before we get there. About probably, that, we keep up the schedule. About that, not for release date. It'll be about four, five months away for those listening right now. But hey, <laughs> and this is when they capture Zola too, which you know at least they they get what they came for, which also makes sense because this is another foreshadowing to later movies, but also follows into where he they take they capture Zola, and then the next thing you see is you see Zola in a in a in a cell, and you have. Tommy Lee Jones's character coming up to him and he brings him a meal and I, I like this this scene was good like he brings him the meal he's like what is this he's like steak what's in it Kyle <laughs> yeah I love that <laughs> he doesn't trust him he thinks he's gonna poison him which makes sense you just got captured by your enemy that you slaughtered lots of people they're like you're not gonna feel safe and I and, I, and he's are eating the key like he's are eating the steak himself like that was great <laughs> He's like, yeah, it's a good, it's a good scene, right? It's a, it's a, it's a good scene of, you know, and yeah, anytime Tommy Lee Jones is on the screen in this, it's really fun and really yeah. good. Almost anytime he, he's on the, he's on the screen in general. It's fun. Yes. Yeah. He is a treasure. So yeah, no, I, I, I really enjoyed that little scene kind of setting things up for what's coming next. And they had in the letter where he's reading the letter while he's eating the steak. When I think he realized, Hey, I could have had that steak <laughs> and where it says you know, <laughs> he agreed to work with them. So he's been, all his crimes are forgiven. All that is just really good. Then you have a couple like small scenes to kind of break up before the movie gets into its final act where you have, you have red skull standing in front of the giant bomber, which <laughs> play a part very soon. And you just see all his legion of Hydra soldiers that are with him. And for those that when they do the hail Hydra and the salute they do is kind of a mixture of the Nazi salute and they add another arm to it. For those that yeah. don't know, Nazi salute is just one arm up, but they did that. I like how they did it. Like they, they took the Nazi salute and changed it enough where it still fits. Like, okay, these are still Nazis. So they're doing part of the salute, but since they're Hydra and because it's a Disney movie, we're not going to actually do the actual salute. So I mean, that scene, he's talking to like those eight guys in the first shot and then they do the hail Hydra and then he turns around and there's that entire army that does it who are the, 
that who is that initial group that he's talking to? <laughs> why, why are they special? Why do they get to be up on the podium? I would say generals. Yeah, okay. I guess that makes sense. Elite soldiers. <laughs> I mean, it, it, I didn't think about that. They all redeemed a certain. They all redeemed a certain amount of. So I keep <laughs> stepping over you, Michael. I'm so sorry. I was gonna say I um. They they all redeemed a certain amount of box tops, and they got to stand <laughs> in the front of the line and get addressed by Red Skull first. Okay, so, so that that was better than the joke I was gonna go for. I was gonna go for the <laughs> meme joke for the one that you see where there's a guy breaking the bottle open and has the metal, and then it'll have like something you know way down the bottom hole. That meme. Yeah. Maybe it's not so popular it. at the time of this when you're hearing this. But I don't I don't know that one. Okay, that's all right. You don't need to. It's all right, but it's okay. Someone got it. And then I, I, I like it where they have, then they show Cap sitting in what a ruined cafe in London. And this this part, so very little scene of him just pouring a drink, talking to Peggy and how he can't get drunk because he has such a regenerative healing. But I think it's where they talk about the dance too. Maybe not yet. But the thing about this part to me that really hit me is London was destroyed at this time in history. Like it was yep. just bombed to all hell. But he stopped before he finished the job, which is, was his one of another one of his mistakes that cost him the war was not finishing the job in London. But that's neither here nor there. But that's and he this is to, he, yeah. quick question: Is this the same bar that was earlier? It looked like it. I don't know. I didn't think of that. I just yeah. thought it was just a bar in London. But maybe. I, yeah, I read it as this is the same bar they were in, which makes it a little sadder because this is where their okay. first good times or last good times they had before the, he really got involved. Yeah. In history, I mean, Hitler was bombing London for a while. And I want to say, God, what the fuck is his name? Her, I can picture the fat guy, but I can't think of his name. But he was the one that didn't want to stop bombing London because he's like, we have him on. He was in charge of the Air Force. He's like, we can stop this. We can finish the job. And because it wasn't going as fast as Hitler wanted, Hitler was like, nope, we're done bombing them. Attack somewhere else now instead, which is why London was able to rebuild and then end up destroying them later on. For those that don't know history. Yikes. Hmm. That, that's what happened. I mean, again, I can if you look at World War Two and the, and the decision Hitler made, like he made so many decisions that if he would have just kept doing what he was doing, he could have won the war if he did different little things differently and listened to people. And that's one thing I think is so incredible is that because he was crazy and we had a crazy man in power in, in history at this time is what helped lead the allies to winning. And that always makes me like really like think about it like, huh, <laughs> you know, like it had helped that. Okay, back to Captain America. <laughs> but yeah, you're right. That could have been the cafe. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, just send Patton. Just send General Patton. Anywhere he needs something to happen, just send that man. That I man know. was crazy, too. Yes. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> but this is when you have them in the meeting room. And this is when they decide to finally attack the, the base. And this would help. And they're like, oh, how can we do it? We can do this. We can do that. And he's like, well, knocking the front door. And they're like, what? Yep. And I... I mean, this whole this next scene, the next part of the movie is just all action. They're like, because they, they have action throughout this movie, but there's a lot of like character building, a lot of drama. And this is when it goes full action. Like you have the first part of him. I love this part where he's cha- he goes to the base on a motorcycle, uh, a double seven motorcycle, and he's fighting Hydra soldiers and he's shooting <laughs> wires that, you know, trip people. He's flaming. Flames are coming out and he's it's awesome. Like I was smiling, big smile during this whole part. Oh, and they had German grenades in it too, which is fitting the time where he actually has him grab the top of one of the you know one of the grenades and set it off on the guy's motorcycle, blow him up. Which I like that they had actual German grenades in here too. Uh, nice. Yeah, really cool. Go ahead, Mike. Sorry. No, no, no. I just I, I missed that that it was like the classic shape. Yeah, it's it's I as I've said, I really like World War II a lot. 
like I, I would, I don't have any World War II memorabilia, but that's why I don't collect that type of stuff. But I just, I, I love that time. I, I want to someday. I don't know what ever happened. I want to go to Russia where they have, they have mod, they have statues up as as far Hitler got in Russia before he was turned back. And I want to see those so bad someday in my life, but I don't think going to Russia anytime soon is a good idea. <laughs> no, but I want to see it so much. I also want to go to Poland and see the old bunkers that they built over by the sea to stop the invasion that never came that they were expecting, which is another reason why they lost, because they were building up fortresses up in areas that never happened. I want to go see those. Those are still there. That's cool. But, and then yeah. you have the <laughs> God, uh, then you have the whole fight scene where he gets where he gets to the entrance of the base and he just starts taking out soldiers left and right. And this is a cool part. We have the flamethrower guys show up and you have the shield being the shield. He's bouncing off soldiers and bouncing off items a little bit. Not as much as I wanted, but you get it a little bit. Not as much bouncing as you like there, Michael. <laughs> no, it's not. You don't get it until later in the movies. But I was like, I was like, oh, there's a scene where it bounced off a couple different guys, but I was confusing my movies. That doesn't happen until later. I'm just teasing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's, and then he gets, and then I, and I didn't remember this part. Like I, I, like, I forgot that he gets captured this part because they arrest, or they, they don't arrest him, but they capture him. Yeah. Which is all part of the ploy too. I think was to get him captured to kind of distract them from what was what they were really doing. Why did they capture him? Why didn't you just kill him? I don't remember. Because it's a movie. What's that? It's a movie? Because it's a movie. Well, yeah, I was going to say. But no, the logical, the way I saw it is Red Skull is a very vain individual. He's a very, like, I won. I have their super soldier. What he's gonna? What is he going to do? I want to interrogate him kind of in a way or prove to him I'm better. So I can kind of, like, being okay. Red Skull and being a Nazi, like, it, it fits that same idea that they wouldn't be intelligent. Like, just shoot the guy and be done with it. Yeah, I'm fine with that. I, I, again, not like it was a big problem or anything, but... Yeah, I was just curious. I ju it just popped in my brain. Oh, why, why didn't they just, just blow him away? And I just read this on Wikipedia, but I want to mention this is not not in this part. But apparently that the PR guy who recognized the potential of Captain America way earlier in this movie was originally supposed to be Jeff Goldblum, but he didn't do it. I just, love I that. that. I would think that'd be great. I, I don't I love Stanley Tucci in this movie. He's 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 great. But uh, not the doctor, the PR oh. guy. He's in one scene where he's like, I got a job for you. Oh, yeah. That Oh, so that the senator guy? guy that you see here and there. That oh, was supposed to be Jeff Goldblum. No, that wouldn't work. Yeah. You need you need more Goldblum. If you're putting Goldblum in your movie, you need maximum Goldblum. You can't just have <laughs> minimal Goldblum. Can't. Maximum. But that's not I'm okay with that. That that didn't happen. But then and as he's being interrogated by Red Skull or about to be like he's upstairs, I like how you have the Howling Commandos break through the window and come in. Like, that was cool to me too. Yeah, very cool. Very kind of classic, you know, kind of World War II style. Movie. Yeah, it also makes sense because the enemy is down. The enemy thinks, okay, we stopped you, and they're and they already think they're invincible. They're up in the mountains, which for those that don't know, um, Hitler did have a base in a up in the mountains called the Eagle's Nest that he used one of the last bases he had left in the war, which could have been a reference to what they were going for in here. Makes sense. God, I know way too. I, I know way more than I think I did. This is like a Ken Burns documentary. This is nuts. Oh. I'm learning so much about World War II. I really I have no <laughs> it, idea. It, it, it was called the Eagle's Nest, and it was one of the last fortresses he had. But as they were invading, they got to a certain point. He had to evacuate because it was no longer safe. I'm but it was so one of the last for... fortresses they took. I'm so ready for trivia night. It's be like, what was the name of Hitler's up in the air? Eagle's Nest. Boom. <laughs> it probably won't come up, but it was called Eagle's Nest. I'm 100 percent positive on that one. And they did finally bomb it and raid it. But it, took, it was late. It was late in the war when they were already kind of taking over Germany. I want to say or was it wasn't Poland. I can't remember. It might have been Poland. 
But that's that. Okay. So, so, I, so I thought that was a reference. But as they're take, I like that. And then they also show the assault team that's attacking. Like you have all these random soldiers who are now attacking the base too, which is nice. This is the first time you see Captain America kind of involved with actual like more soldiers and the army itself and. And as you see, like again, it—I mean, it kind of like you know hits you with the gap, you know, the the traversity of wars. These guys are running to fight; they're just getting vaporized by the cannon. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I'm just like, God, I can't imagine being like you know, same with Normandy, just running, knowing that there's a very good chance you're not going to make it. But if you take that bullet, maybe your buddy behind you will make it. Like, just I have to, can't imagine that what people went. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. If, if you ever hear me, like you know, ma- not making fun, but yeah, if you, poking fun at the government or anything like that. If you if you served in the armed forces, you are a hero and deserve every every kindness and free drink and free anything you get. Because I can't imagine, like you said, Michael, I cannot imagine putting myself in the situation where death is feet away and just running towards it. It's 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 astonishing. So if, if you are a, a service person, then um, you have all my love and respect. I do know one service person that's a complete asshole, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> oh, it's fine. I, listen, listen I'm are, just saying I do I don't know. I, don't, I mean, listen. I got tons of respect. Let's put it that way. I do, too. For the most part. All but him. I have, I have respect. And then this is also where you have, like... Because, I mean, after evading the base and all the soldiers are losing, I like how Hit- I like how Hitler, Red Skull, ends up running to the bomber. He's like, ah, fuck this, I'm leaving. <laughs> you know, he's just like, we lost, time to go. And God, that, that ship is fucking huge, that bomber that he gets into. Yeah. That thing is a monster. It's the, and, uh, the, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say what the part that happens next. But, like, that, I mean, and then you have where they were captain america starts chasing it after the bomber like he did early part in the movie which again like he starts to stop he's like i can't make it like it's going too fast i can't chase down a bomber and that's when tommy lee jones and and peggy carter show up in the limo from earlier not maybe not limo but that big car from earlier that the guys said don't put a scratch on they're driving that vehicle and i i like that like i like how they brought that vehicle back yeah. i like that too i don't remember i don't remember how they got it though like they, they don't show he just they don't show it was it. just there i guess and they okay. just get in and I mean, drive away I can I can buy that I guess the fact that the the uh the his his personal vehicle was in the airplane hangar. I can well okay. let's say I can, you're by yeah. somewhere on the base. I, I handled it. it. I actually asked my wife about it. I'm like, did you see how they actually got the car? She's like, doesn't matter. <laughs> like, they're, they're not in the scene. They're just in the car driving. They get it while he's fighting and other things are happening. I guess, but it, yeah, it's cool. It's not. I'm okay with that. I mean, it's fine. But I do, and then, and then, and then I don't know if he caught this, but when they're driving the car, they can't catch up to the bomber, so he hits a button, and they go, they have a Men in Black moment. Yeah, the I thought the same thing. Up. I'm just like, ah, Men in Black. Never That's pushed the red button. That's why in my notes it says Men in Black moment. That's all it was. And oh, oh Mike, I thought, hey, Mike, were you going to say something? I'm sorry. Oh, I, I just quoted Men in Black. I had that in my notes, too. Never pushed the red button. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen those movies in years. Keep it that way. But and I, I, I like this part too, where he where this is where he finally kisses her for the first time all movie, like all this build up, and I think she, I think, yeah, they kiss, yeah, he kisses her. And I think it's something about a dance too, like you know, or is that later? Uh, I think it's later. Okay, but he kisses her and then he jumps onto the plane. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, I really love you know throughout all this series, I love the whole like love story between these two characters and how, you know, how much it plays such a big part in what happens later. But we'll get to that. Eventually, as we, as we continue our crusade, but it's just everything about these next things where he's, he boards the plane by jumping on the landing gear is just awesome. He knocks a guy off the plane or something if he's getting in there. And then this is when you see that they have all these different little bombs inside the bomber that all have names of the city, Chicago, New York. Because they're about to bomb the, the eastern front and just destroy America on the eastern side. I, I had a 
big laugh at that because I'm like, oh, they named the bombs. <laughs> like, this is a special bomb for New York. This is a special bomb for Chicago. They, name bombs. they put the names on them. Like, that's, they, that's I adorable. Think, I want to say they actually do write names on bombs in World War II. They did. I'm pretty sure. Like, stuff like that. It was just, yeah, I mean, I, I've heard of them writing, like, you know, give them, like, pet names and things like that, like, like Big Bomber or City Destroyer. But they actually put the destination. It's like, it's like you're well, mailing a package. <laughs> as you find out very quickly, they're actually planes. Which is neat. I, I, I forgot had, about this. I completely I had, forgot this. I confusion on this, too. Like, wait, are these the bomb? The plate? Hang on. So the bombs themselves are the planes or are these the little mini planes? They're going to drop the big bomb. What? But they are they are they are flying planes with propellers. Yes. Yes. And I, I forgot that bombs he jumps right. on one because one starts to go because they're getting closer to New York. So he's trying to stop it from happening. And he and like that was a, to me, that was kind of odd. Like he jumps on the freaking plane. He's on he's in the sky, holding on to this plane, trying to get into it. And then he hits the ejection sheet and pulls the guy out. I mean, I was kind of curious, like, OK, is this a bombs in a plane? But I, I don't. Yeah, maybe maybe you're right. Maybe the bombs inside the bomb plane, because when he crashes the plane back into the bomber, it doesn't blow up the whole bomber. Exactly. So I, I was very confused by this because if the idea that this is supposed to be an unmanned thing, but there was a person in it, like, why would you need a person to pilot your bomb? But I guess it's the 1940s. That would make sense. But that plane, that bomb didn't seem that big. So you're going to destroy the entire eastern seaboard with that? And the atom bomb wasn't that big. Yeah, yeah, it's true. I mean, that's a true. That's very true. But I mean, I don't know. So I guess the idea was that it just confused me because and it, they made those they made those planes look like bombs. They look like bombs with propellers. So it was a little confusing for me. Well, Obviously, guess, it wasn't a bomb because it didn't blow up the stealth the stealth bomber. Probably have Tesseract technology in the bomb, so the bomb could be a lot smaller inside the other bomb. Yeah, that's fine. I, I'm dig with that. I'm down with that. We'll go with that. That's my explanation to it. <laughs> Mike, do you have a do you have a different explanation for this? I just have it in my notes as piloted kamikaze bombs. Fair enough. There you go. Well, yeah, even if you eject and you drop a nuclear bomb and you eject, you're gonna come down right into the nuclear bomb anyway. So you're not gonna help you're not gonna win. Like, oh I ejected. Oh shit. <laughs> it just blows you up anyway. Even if it's a plane that drops other bombs, why make the plane look like bombs? Just to subvert That's... the audience, I guess? To confuse me. Confuse dumb people like me staring at the screen going <laughs> Is that a flying bomb? But there's a, and then just sit there staring at it for. They wanted minutes. to. Com- they wanted to confuse Bill Dum Dum Tucker. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Did you look at my high school yearbook? That's all people told me then. <laughs> okay, also, but, yes. when Cap's riding on that plane, he pulls the one guy out and like basically throws him into the propeller and turns him into red mist. So that, good. That might be more gruesome than the scene in Iron Man 2 of the two guards hanging. It was, he, he was just gone. I didn't was, even notice it. Oh, how did you not? It was like, a, I, oh, yeah. I didn't notice it at all. In the next shot, the next, so he, yeah, he tosses the guy into the, into the propeller. The next shot is like a trail of red mist. Like it's, <laughs> it's gross. It was like, whoa, that's pretty and cool. And he ejects the other guys. So he got off easy. Yeah, that guy just gets to float down harmlessly. He was that guy was toast. <laughs> yeah, I did not catch that part at all. That was great. I remember the guy getting thrown out and taking the parachute and going down to the water to die anyway because they're above the Arctic. But <laughs> I don't remember the guy getting propelled her. Yeah, you have to go back and watch it later. It was, that's something yeah. else. That's yeah. not going to happen, but I should. I agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> so, Mike, do you want to talk about what are your thoughts on the Red Skull fight when that starts when he goes into the room? 
I mean, it's kind of obvious that he's walking up slow to the chair. It's like, Red Skull's not going to be in that chair. And of course, sure enough, he appears behind him and starts shooting at him with the Tesseract gun, whatever. But I mean, all in all, it's a pretty mild fight, I thought. It's not a whole lot of action in it. I mean, you just you you get that you get that fame you get that scene where he throws his shield and breaks the cube compartment open because yeah. you have to continue the movie on. But I mean, I liked it because I just like Red Skull a lot. Like he's one of my favorite villains, so I'm a little biased in this movie. That's so funny. <laughs> I, get, hey, listen, you know what? We all have our favorites, and I'm not gonna. Not, I'm not saying the film version. I'm saying the comic character. That's fair. Again, I don't. I can't speak to the comic version. So there you go. I'm. Well, the comic version wears a green jumpsuit with a swastika on the front of him, so I'm, I completely understand why they didn't do it. No, that's not a thing you want to do in this day <laughs> in, and age. In the original no. comic, that's what that's what he looks like. But in the comic, Red Skull is a very intelligent character. So yeah, in this movie he just really goes, blow it up. We didn't really, we didn't, we didn't get the smart skull doing smart things in this movie as much as we could. No, no smart skulls. <laughs> this is a dumb skull blowing things up because he's like, well, I lost that one. Let's blow up this $10 million Crap. facility. He grabs the fucking cube and just holds it after after he breaks the compartment. Like, okay, if you have something that's creating that kind of energy, why would you pick it up and hold it in your hands? Like, huh, this seems like a good idea, doesn't it? Because, like you said, very accurately, he's dumb skull. And he's numb skull. Oh, oh dumb skull. that was good. That's it. I'm leaving. Enjoy the rest of the show, over, guys. We did it. We're done. <laughs> so we'll see you next week. <laughs> I'm gonna resist the urge to call him numbskull for the rest of the show. Um, no, he's not in it for much longer. Yeah, I know. I, it, it, yeah, he doesn't have he much longer. Dies in quotations. He dies. Yeah, so he just like a silly goose. He just grabs at this cube of ultimate power, and uh, yeah, he just disintegrates. Oh, no, well, he doesn't die. He gets sucked up into the ether, which yeah. I thought it was a super cool, super cool scene. Even when I saw this movie the first time and the second time when Age of Ultron came out, before I knew anything where they were going with this, I said he did not die. You can see a beam shoot up into the rainbow, which those have just seen Thor like we did a, uh, two weeks ago. You know he's going somewhere. Like he's not dead. He's teleporting. No, I, mean, I don't think he's out. even. I don't think he's even mentioned. Right. Right. He's not right, ever mentioned again until okay. way later in the series. Way later. Okay. That's this, fine. this is. Which I was kind of partly, I think he doesn't show up in any other Captain America movie because he really should have been in Civil War because Hugo Weaving didn't want to come back. Hugo Weaving oh, said that, that he is? was, yeah, he said he was done. He, 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 he just didn't want to do anymore. He's like, I did the one, I'm good. There's some kind of comment I don't have it pulled in front of me where he did say he did not want to come back, though. Huh, okay. So Respect. that could have played a big part in why there wasn't, because there really should have been a Red Skull in the other movies. Like, in, in Winter Soldier, he really should, there's an easy spot they could have put him in that would have fit perfectly, and they didn't. They go with a different actor, which I'm not going to say because it's a spoiler. I don't want to talk about the movie yet. So, <laughs> it, I I thought I thought for sure he was going to be in the second movie, and there was going to be a character in that movie that was going to pull off his mask and go, ha ha, I'm Red Skull, but they didn't go that route. No, so I, I, Hugo I, didn't want to come back, so I'm pretty sure I've read that. Some, I read that while we've been talking. I can't find it. But yeah, him going into the starscape was was good. And then uh, so sweet. So, so I try to remember now what happens to the Tesla. Oh, it falls to the floor. Yeah, it burns <laughs> through it. It does an alien moment and goes to the floor. It goes to the floor. And then so Cap goes, well, ultimate source of power. That's that. That's, well, he also hits the plane when he throws his shield at one point. He hits the or some or someone gets thrown into it. They hit the controls and fuck up the controls. But right. then Red Skull hits the autopilot and he can't stop it because he doesn't know how. Right. 
right and that's the well here's the weird so here we're now so now we're getting to the point where it's kind of like the final the final plane thing so yeah red skull they have a, they're fighting um they hit the controls and puts the plane into a pitch you know like downward pitch we actually create some very cool fight moments you know as cool as that yeah. fight got because it's pretty it's pretty lackluster but then red skull just puts it on autopilot so what I'm thinking is, why don't you have that on in the first place? Autopilot the deck. <laughs> and then he puts it on autopilot. And now Steve Rogers, Mr. Captain America, is behind the the yoke that's broken. But it's it's not though, because he's able to so the whole thing is that he can't put it in a safe place. I can't put this in a safe place. It's on autopilot, right? So you can't flick the switch and take it off. But somehow you're gonna put this in the in like put this in the ocean so no one can get hurt, so this thing doesn't destroy New York. It, none of that made any sense at all. What do you mean you can't put it in a safe place? Just land it. Land it somewhere. He's not, he's not a smart man. He doesn't know how to, ride, he doesn't know how to fly. And my wife's big hang-up was he could control the pitch of the plane, but he couldn't control the eye. He couldn't turn it at all. Right. And <laughs> what do you mean he can't fly the plane? He instinctively knew exactly how to fly the bomb plane. You know how to fly okay. the bomb plane. Okay. He's getting dog you got me fought. on that one. I forgot about that. You got he was me. getting dog fought, and he was like dipping and diving. I'm like, man, they teach that in basic training? Do that? Yeah, but this plane's much bigger than that one. So this is true. I'm not saying he has to. <laughs> I'm not saying he has to do aer- aerobatics, but you can't just put that down like safely someplace, and then we can yeah. harvest the technology. Okay, I give I give you that one. I didn't really. I I was too busy crying when he starts talking to Peggy Carter. Which is incredible. I actually literally had tears. I was start, even though I knew exactly. I have seen all these movies. I'm like, <laughs> it was very touching. And there, the 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 one that got me that actually did get me uh, on that was when she said, uh, and he says, "Rain check on the dance." And I'm like, oh, that links up so beautifully to another thing I can't talk about because it could technically be a spoiler way down the line. But it was <laughs> yeah. really because oh, I've already edited the other one you said earlier. Okay, well, it it, it it links up to uh, to another scene that way down the line that was very touching and i was like okay that's really and then they're kind of talking to each other as if they're gonna go do things and kind of just talking to each other normally which again was a a nice moment they handled it well the part that hit me when that scene starts tommy lee jones with with uh i think howard stark and they both leave the room he's like we gotta go and that hit me because like they know exactly he's done they know he ain't coming home to like give her some space and wow i didn't even notice that yeah there's a very it's very little but you'll see him like point and they both mm-hmm. leave the room to let her have her moment with him because they know he's dead and that that's what hit me that's what made me even more tear up she's like she's like don't be late eight o'clock i expect you there he's like i'll be yeah, there and it, i'm like there. oh no <laughs> he won't be there yeah it cuts off mid-sentence and she just gets static back it's uh it hurts it is so it works good. It is. It is. It's a. It's Besides a sad the moment. The fact that if you think about, it, he should be able to fly a plane. Just forget about that part. It's good. <laughs> no, it's a very effective. And again, I understand you're you're creating a good moment from something that doesn't make sense. So you're basically they're basically trading moments. Like, all right, do we have them like land the plane and then have the tearful to tearful hello and that kind of cliche, or do we just say he can't land? He has to put it in the ocean or someplace and have this teary goodbye over radio. I think the trade off is fine. I think I'd rather have the the radio goodbye as opposed to the land the plane and then, you know, and then, you know, seeing them together again. And also you need to set up the fact that he's well, as you learn in. Yes, you do learn in this movie 
as we'll see in a little bit later. Um, the whole bit of him being in like the present day, which is very cool. So yeah. you need to create that. And it, to create that, if, if that's what you had to do to make that happen, then fine. It just didn't make any sense at the time. I'm like, did we just land it? Just put, I just land it. Think about it. I, just, I just thought since he hit autopilot or the controls were damaged, he couldn't, he couldn't really control it very well. That's how I took it. But again, right, now like, that you're saying like, it, like Mike said, it's like, like, you could, like you could do the yaw, but you can't do the pitch. Like, that's, that's what happened. <laughs> I just want to set up the metaphor of the captain going down with the ship. Hey, all right. Very okay, good. I'll, I'll take that. I mean, in the comics, I want to say it's a rocket he's strapped to with Red Skull, and then that's why he, or a rocket he's trying to stop, and that's why he goes underwater. But I could be wrong. I could be from one of the cartoons. Okay. But that's how in 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 one of and whenever the hell in my memory I have this, that's how he ends up being frozen because as we all know, this is and the movie tells you, he crashes in the ocean and then he's frozen in time for for right. fifty seven. I forget when it originally happened. It was he came back in the sixties or seventies, only twenty some years because he originally his first Silver Age appearance. For those that don't know, is Avengers four. I want to say Avengers four or six. I can't remember when he first shows up again because they find him frozen. Yeah, I was telling my wife about that. It's like she's like, "So how long has he been frozen?" I said, "Well, in this continuity, it would have been seven years. Original in the '60s, it would only been twenty. So that's that's wild to think about." Avengers four. Gotcha. I'm pretty sure. I can't find because I'm searching things that are not cooperative. Yep, Avengers four. I really, really want that book someday. I've seen it, but I'll never own it. I want it. There you go. It's first Silver Age appearance, Captain America, because I will never see the 1941 appearance or 1939. So, but that's new here. So yeah. and then it and then it, it shows you know America winning the war and the planes flying over and everybody being you know America in 1940 which I like all that too that all made sense yeah did you did anyone think the very very last bit of this movie what I call the wrap up when they have all the you know his his pal his good bros in the in the oh, pub cheering yeah and everyone's kind of hanging out it's a lot like Thor and how it ends yeah Thor ends yeah. the exact same way all his all his pals are sitting there eating and drinking and partying it up and. You know, and then there's that sad moment where Agent Carter, you know, looks through the cap file and sees skinny cap. And and I thought the, that last little scene of, of the little boy with the um, with the trash can shield. Oh, was, yes. It was very cute. And because for me, it read as he's gone, but he's still a symbol. Yes. And that's. that's 100%. Which ties into my feelings about Cap is that he is a symbol. He is this archetype. But it just struck me. I'm like, dude, this is just like Thor. This is all right. All his pals are drinking, having a good time. And I mean, it's the, it's the same idea. It's not MCU related, but this is Halo related. And we just talked about it on the show at the time of this recording <laughs> on video game commercials episode where like the Spartans. I mean, they are a symbol. So whenever they go missing, it's always MIA. It never ki- kill, killed in action. The same idea. Like Captain America is a symbol to the people. It makes, it makes sense. You'd have the hero. He can't, you know, you yeah. have to like people are going to remember him. That's cool. He's 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 the front man of the band. Right. And uh, and also and a good you one. can see like they're trying to search for him, but they they're, they've been following an energy signal, which I don't think I caught this last time. And that's how they find the cube with Stark piling a plane because they're following the energy signal and they find where the cube. But the yes. cube had fell so many miles away from when the bomber goes down. So they can't have me find him either. Right. Which and they find the into it. they find the Tesseract and all that. But then you think the movie's over. I actually thought the movie was over. (laughs) (laughs) You forgot this? I did. Ten years. Ten years, Mike. Ten years. But then we find Captain America awakening in bed. This is a pretty cool scene. Um, I'm I'm glad they actually stuck this to the stuck this to the end of this movie and not like end credits. Yeah, because it's part of the movie. Yeah. He wakes up, wakens in bed. There's Agent Carter. Everything seems kind of off. 
He realizes everything is off, notices that the baseball game that they're playing on the radio, <laughs> he was actually there. He remembers the day <laughs> and the dates and who was playing. Well, and, the thing about yeah. that, especially in the 1940s, I mean, baseball would have been huge. That's like the main sport you have. So people would remember something like that in general. I can see that. I mean, especially he's a kid. He was a kid. He's like, I think he said it's like I was 12. Yeah. Was 12. You remember stuff like that, right? I mean, um, it, I, I bought it. I had no I had no issues with that. No, none at all. None at all. You think they would have been smarter. No, That's yeah. what I said. It's like, yeah. take take a, a game from when after he went missing. So he wouldn't <laughs> yeah. know. But I guess it also goes in like they weren't thinking like that either. They were just because this is supposed to be the same. This this part of the movie is happening the same week as Iron Man 2 and Hulk. Yeah, makes sense. There's one part where Nick Fury has to leave in Iron Man 2 where he like after the donut, we have places to be because he's going to this movie. So weird. What an eventful week. I tell you, give everyone <laughs> vacation. There's a name that. for it. They, MCU did name it. They call it something Fury's Week, but I can't remember what, it's, what it is. Okay. I didn't Fury realize that. Week. I, I but there he is. He shows up. He's in the simulation room. He runs out, gets cornered in the middle of Times Square, culture shock. And uh, imagine? in modern day. Yeah, imagine that. That's where you wake up. They put you in New York. They could have put you in Kansas. I'm like, huh, some fields here. That's no big right, deal. Kansas no. taken. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've watched way too much Smallville, guys. Oh, God, is it painful? But uh, yeah, and so they put him in uh, his middle of New York. He's in Times Square. He's confused. And uh, that's basically it. And then he has his final last line where he says, um, if uh, I think Fury asks him, are you OK? And he says, I had a date, which is very yeah. sweet. Very sweet. That's still all he's thinking about asleep for 70 years. Yeah, sweet. Make sense. Like if you're you're asleep, you don't realize it's been like it's a you. It's just been a day or oh, yeah. you don't he, brain not going to yeah. be able to comprehend what happened. Yeah, he went to sleep, you know, and woke up 70 years later. Yeah, he wouldn't, you know, he wouldn't know. Oh. It's like it's like Novocaine. It's like uh, anesthesia or Novocaine. It's just, yeah, you go anesthesia. out and you're like, oh, that's great. And you come Novocaine back. just numbs you. It doesn't pass you out, I guess. I'm thinking of uh, anesthesia or whatever. Yeah, yeah unless right. you inject Novocaine into you, maybe then I'll pass you out. I, you know, who knows? But hey, don't try it. <laughs> Still stuck on numbskull. Numbskull, yeah, numbskull you know, good. good old numbskull. Oh, hey, and when he does meet Nick Fury, I looked and I, you can see, you see the scars. They do look, they do kind of look like claw marks yeah, on his eye. I noticed that too. And I said it to my wife. She's like, nope, nope. She's like, I'm like, it's there. She's like, nope. You're just, you're just making your own thing. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I noticed it too. What I, don't I, think I liked about the scene is it reminded me of the beginning of Prey that came out in 2017, where your yes. character wakes up in a simulation and then breaks out of it. Yes, it's exactly Wait. what I thought. And very that. similar. Oh, let really me tell you. That game. Sidebar: Prey is so good. It's so I played good. the 2006 Every... one. Does that count? No, that's not so good. <laughs> Nothing to do with it. Yeah. Sidebar: <laughs> Play Prey. Please play it because they need to make a second one. They said they're not. That's sad. If you like Bioshock, you'll like Prey. Yes, I don't like Bioshock. Wrong. We're gonna have some words after this uh, conversation, Michael. <laughs> I think I haven't played it in years. I'm I'm actually surprised. I'm really surprised we haven't gone back to it yet in games my mom found that somebody Stu hasn't picked it. But hey, maybe at the time of this, the time you hear this, it might finally be on the show. Hey, well, it might be listen, <laughs> put Bioshock on there. I'll I'll be happy to guess. I can. I've played the game multiple times. I, I like Bioshock. But I, never played the, I never played two, and I played the first one. I just didn't enjoy it when I played it. But that could have been time and place too. Yeah, All right, just to, and also. Yes. Because I pay attention now to these movies. The title card doesn't show up till right after this part. Huh. Again, they don't show you the title of the movie until the very end of the movie. Well, they, they figure you bought a ticket. Two. No, it's you know, there. Makes sense. So, yeah. And I think this uh, is they have some credits and then they have a, a scene where they have uh, Captain America punching punching bags and just knocking it yeah, off the thing. 
straight out of Avengers. Right? I thought so too. Oh, it is? Yeah, it's just it's just chopped up. Yeah, it's the scene the like the first scene you see with Cav where he's in the gym. Yeah, like I said, it's just it's just cut up from that scene, but it's okay. And then leads into the trailer for Avengers. Well, then you have all the credits, and then you have a straight up just trailer, which I like it when you have scenes that are exclusive to the to a to that movie that you're not like let's go borrow a different scene. Like I that kind of bugs me a little bit. Well, hang on. So there was there was no the only and the one we're talking about where he's punching the the punching bag, that's at the very very end. Yeah, that is yes. the stinger. That's, that is that's the end credit stinger. Yeah. yeah, I it's funny because I'm watching like. I've seen this before and I haven't seen this movie in 10 <laughs> years. And I've seen and then you mentioned it's Avengers. I'm like, of course I've seen Avengers maybe 10 times. Yeah. yeah so see, uh, in, in Avengers, he, he punches the bag and flies across the room. He walks over and picks up another one and then Fury walks in. So there's kind of, there's kind of chopped it up a little bit. Gotcha. Oh, and okay, we, so there is time. a short film. Wait, no, that released later. So I don't, we don't need to, we'll talk about that later. Okay. The thing that we mentioned on Thor's hammer, a funny thing that happened that was actually on this Blu-ray. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's what I read. Okay, the next one is on the Avengers one, I think. We'll talk about that next next episode. Yep. Yeah, and then they have a trailer for Avengers, which I kind of like. I mean, I remember when I saw that in theaters, I think I just went. Wait, actually, no, I might not have had it, because when I saw it, I saw it early, but I can't remember. But either way, when I saw this, I'm like, that is, that would have got me so hyped for the next movie. So hyped. Yeah. I remember talking about Avengers with people for, like, as it came out, like we were talking about that movie for months, like how, mm-hmm. and before it came out, how people had waited years to see that movie. It was a big event. It, really it was. was. It was a big event. Yes, it was. So, and that's the, that's the next movie, right? Yep. Yes, it is. Yay. That's good. I can't wait. It's going to be good. I have the Blu-ray for that one. An actual yeah. disc. I shall plop into a player. I, okay. We should go to Shelfer Box. Let's do that. <laughs> Let's that do that so we can, yeah, this has been a long one. Uh, Mike, why don't you go first? Man. Like, it's going to go in the box. This... What? It's a good origin story for Captain America, but I am not a history buff, so like everything outside <laughs> of that is just not my cup of tea. Captain America's never been one of my top favorite characters either, so it just wasn't for me, essentially. It's like it's a good movie. I could see why people like it, but it's just not my not for me. Okay. I'll take it. Um how about you, Bill? Um, surprisingly, this is gonna go on the shelf. Um if you had asked me before this recording I would have said box all day. Um, and even though I really don't like, um, oh, damn it, Numbskull. Numbskull's <laughs> <laughs> fine. Numbskull's fine. Even though I don't like Numbskull at all in this movie, either visually or as a villain character, um, I do really respect the Cap- Captain America development. And even though I don't like Captain America as a character, I respect who he stands for and I respect his role. In the in the greater picture, and this is a kind of movie that needs to happen, because he does. And again, I have to. I can't remember if he even gets has any other sort of arc throughout the the MCU. But I, I like I like Captain America enough, and I really love the visual style of this. I think this movie looks beautiful. Um, even so the even like the interior of the stealth bomber looks great. It has this cool again retro mixed with technology. Um, it does just enough to stay on the shelf for me. And Numbskull can just stay up there in space. We don't need you. <laughs> See you in tw- 10 years. <laughs> 18 yeah. movies. <laughs> See you in 18 movies. Um, but yeah, it's, this one's going on the shelf. I'm, su- I'm surprised. Okay. And I'll, I'll go last. Um, this is obviously going on the shelf. I mean, I 
loved this movie the first time I saw it. Loved it the second time. This time I was tearing up a little bit during this movie. I just had the biggest smile on my face. Like my wife called me a little kid. <laughs> I, I I love Captain America. Like I just get so giddy when I see him on screen. I mean, any you know, not sounds or Captain America, but it's just and this movie is so good to me. Like I I love this movie on the shelf. I will recommend it to everybody, and I don't like when people tell me that I'm wrong, but they have. <laughs> I understand. Like, I understand people don't like this movie, but I'm also, like, I know I'm a little biased because I'm a Captain America fan, and I love World War II stuff, so, yeah. And as we already did discuss a little ahead of time, we are doing Avengers as our next episode, so stay tuned for that next month. That's going to be a long one. <laughs> yeah. This broke our record so far in what we do in the MCU movies, but Avengers will probably break that, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. And they keep getting longer and longer and longer. This is gonna take. This is gonna. This is gonna turn from like a couple hours to like an afternoon. Like we need to block out. It's gonna be three hours. Time like proper time to talk about. I'm going to three hours for Avengers right now. Oh yeah, we have to start start. breaking them up into two parts. I don't know. Yeah, they gotta go. That's gonna probably happen. That might have happened already at the time of this recording because I'm doing Kotor in games my mom found in a couple weeks. So that oh wow, that might be that if it hits four hours, we're breaking it in two parts. Are you told? Like nope, it might happen because. Stu can talk about Star Wars all day long. I found out. <laughs> so all we're right. bringing out someone else on as a big Star Wars fan. So that should be interesting. Nice. All right. Well, that about wraps up this episode. As if you're listening to this, you have you hey, you should catch up on all the other MCU films that episodes that we already have released. So you can be ready for Avengers next month. We also have a regular game my mom found episode at this time. There should be there'll be plenty for you to listen to. Also tons of comic book episodes you listen to, so please check a look at all those. Because we love hearing from you. Also, one thing I do want to ask, if you're still listening to this, which hopefully you are, um, if you like this episode, please tell somebody. Tweet. Make a tweet about it. Make a Facebook post. Let people know that you enjoy Games My Mom Found because we want more people to listen to us. So, and that's one thing you can always do to help out the show. It doesn't cost you any money. Just put our name out there. And it's easy to do. It's all one word with different capitals or or spelled out different words. However you want to do it. It's an easy <laughs> one to remember. Because either Google will find you either way. All right, and then also want to give an awesome shout-out to our awesome intro, courtesy of Bobby, a.k.a. Mike Stoney from ZP Bite the Bullet, song of the Cool Kid Squad. So definitely check him out. Link will be in the in his YouTube channel. Link will be in the show notes. I think that's enough. I've settled plenty. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, so we will talk to you guys later. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. See you.